What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to Tuesday Night. Alright, shout out to Tuesday Night going Dita in the building. I know. Is it going to be a slow Tuesday? For a lot of you brothers out here, let's get some lights on. How about that in the background? Tuesday night, what's the audio? The audio's trash. Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Let's get that straight. Let's see if they sabotage me this time. All right. What's going on, everybody? It is Coach. Are we better now? What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams. What happened? New, 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 new world order. Back in here with another YouTube live stream. Is it better? Is it better or no? All right. We good now? Yay. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to Tuesday Night Gordita. Get you a gordita. <laughs> All right. Anyway, shout out to the ladies in the building. Hey, man, they tried to get me earlier. They be out to find me, man. They be out to find new, me. New, 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 new world order. All right. So anyway, uh, we got a great show today, man. This is Tuesday night. Get you a slow Tuesday. We got uh, what do we got here? Oh, we got a great show today. Bad baby. Bad baby. Oh, man. I think I heard this interview and somebody mentioned it, but uh, we'll go over this. Uh, we talked about this earlier, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about the fetishization, fetishization of people earlier on in today's stream. And uh, it is no different with women who are late teens, early 20s, and so forth and so on. I find this conversation pretty much a normie conversation again. <laughs> but people always want to bring this stuff up. And uh, bad, bad baby's essentially going to dodge accountability. It ain't my fault that these perverted old men made me a millionaire. They want now here push me in these streets, and they should be the one in jail. Uh, male sexuality is always seen as bad, as long as it doesn't benefit women, right? If it doesn't benefit women of advanced age, right, for some reason, that male sexuality is used against them. Let me show you something here. Let me show you something here. Um, we talked about fetishes earlier, and, uh, you know, obviously, young women of legal age, there's a legal age limit. Obviously, we know this. There's an age when a woman is considered an adult. Um, people can have their moral stance on this. We understand this. There should be people have a moral stance on this, but it doesn't defeat the fact that there's a legal age limit. And this is, you know, this particular thing, uh, which people call uh, what you would call some sort of jail bait or whatever you want. This has been in our society very prevalent of men 
or entertainment industry using jailbait or younger women to say that this person's close to the legal age limit. But we're going to put her out there just enough for you to get it, but we're not really putting her out there for your viewing pleasures. We're putting her out here because she has some sort of talent, right? And we we play on these really things that people consider dangerous. And we'll go over here. We're going to break it down. I did some investigation on this. Uh, but let me show you something here as a bit of proof. And before we get into that, that's going to be the main event. So we're going to cover that later in the show. But let me show you. Um, we talked about fetishization, fetishizing. I think it's called fetishizing. Fetishizing based on race. Fetishizing based on the size of the woman or the size of the man. Uh, we, we talked about people selecting partners mostly because it's fetish. And people don't acknowledge it that is fetish. And then people want to rationalize. Well, why are you doing this? And are you using the person? You're only using a person because she's, you have a fetish for them. And this is no different. This is no different. This, this thing where the woman plays the line of the age group and then she benefits. She benefits from the guys looking, mostly men, looking, gawking. They look, gawk, support. And then when they do what? I pause on the gawk. But then when they do what? When they get of age or past the age, then they blame the guys or mostly the men or the entertainment industry, the perverted industry, the demonic industry, whatever it is. They blame them for consuming. Let me let me show you this. I'm just going to show you this. And um, I'm going to give you a rundown of where you've seen this before. Uh, this is nothing new. I'm going to show it right here. This is this is number one. This is number one. I want you to take a look at this. Many of you guys don't remember Britney Spears like this. And I'm going to go through several women just so you can see what I'm talking about. Britney Spears was probably 15 or 16 when she was pushed out in front of everybody. Obviously, there was a fetish role play thing going on here in which she dressed up as a pouty schoolgirl with pigtails in a school Catholic schoolgirl outfit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like literally preying on any pornography, <laughs> pornography outline. And what they did was put her out there and have her wiggle and dance around. She basically could not sing, barely could dance, but everybody knew that. And everybody knew what she was out there to do. They was out there to, to uh, tantalize and titillate, if you will. And then, of course, if you acknowledge the fact, hey, that Britney Spears is a nice piece of thing, you're a pervert. This is what we talk about of what there's a dual agency being played here. The woman benefits. Society benefits, everybody benefits, everybody acts like what it's not, but it really, you know what it is, but then when you say what it is, then you get in trouble. Let me show you another one, um, another one here. Uh, this is going to be Anna Kornikova. Uh, why, why is this one up? It should be this one. Anna Kornikova. Anna Kornikova, at, at one particular point, was the most Googled woman. At one particular point, when was this? When she was a teenager, when she was 16, 17, barely winning tennis tournaments, the woman couldn't hit a serve to save her life. The woman couldn't return a serve from Venus and Serena to save her life. Yet she's the most Googled woman. Okay. And here's what we're doing. We're now trying to play this thing like you're weird because you're objectifying them however they have no problem objectifying themselves and who's supposed to be apologetic look at the flatback who's supposed to be apologetic the men are supposed to be apologetic oh i'm sorry well it is what it is here's another one destiny's child beyonce 
I don't know, but Destiny's Child, they were children, if you will. They became prominent at age 16, 17, mostly 17, going into 18, 19. And then she had no problem at age 18 and 19. Bills, 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 bills. Can you pay my bills? You pay my telephone bills. Here's Beyonce at 18, 19, and 20. 17, 18, 19, and 20. Pushing themselves out there. Look at this light-skinned piece of butterscotch, chalk, uh, butterscotch candy. And everybody's all oh, Beyonce, the finest one in the group. No, it's Kelly Rowland. These girls were 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. You see what I mean? And here we go. And there's another indication right here. I'm going to say Dorothy Stratton for you really old men. And of course, this is Playboy, but Dorothy Stratton was the Playman of the Year at age 18, 19. Okay, unfortunately lost her life. And there was also this one right here. The Olsen twins. Who remembers this? The Olsen twins. The Olsen twins literally had a clock on the internet, on the early internet, before, before you could even save a file to your computer. The Olsen twins had a clock on the internet in which it said, this is when they legally turned 18. All right. So there was, there was a time where they were not 18, and then they were, and then people were keeping track an entire year on when they would turn 18. Now, the people who wanted to see this clock or somehow the pervert, you're the ones we need to call out for this bad behavior, despite the fact that after they turned 20, their whole career fell off. There's an interesting here. It's interesting. Their whole career fell off soon as they became of age and in advanced age, right? Everything started to tank, and they had to take a backseat and go a little bit behind the scenes. So there's somebody else uh, mentioned someone else, but there's very there's too many stories like this. Phoebe Cates, people playing young girls, uh, Heather Graham. There's some black. Uh, Monica was a singer at 15 and 16 and get, made her first album. There's too many examples of this happening. And here we go again with this type of thing here. Somebody says, yeah, Maria Sharapova. Somebody else says somebody else. And it was a black person. I'm a black woman. Um, I just want to make sure I got it. I can't find it now. Uh, let's see. Or somebody said Ice Spice. I believe. I don't know how old she is, but I don't, I don't even know who she is. I mean, I know who she is. I don't know how old she is. But Ice Spice. Oh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Gr great example. Aaliyah. You know what I mean? So by the time, I don't know what, what age was Aaliyah when she died. Just think about it. What age? Age Aaliyah died. Age Aaliyah. And we were supposed to ignore the fact and, and, and what people are going to say is, oh, so Aaliyah died at age 22. I want you to consider that. I want you to consider that in the thing here. Aaliyah was 22 when she died, but she had a full career for about six years by that point, maybe seven years. So this whole thing about, and we're supposed to act like she was just a talented singer. You know what I mean? We're supposed to act like, well, coach, it was because she was talented. Dude, there's a lot of overweight women in their 40s and 50s that can sing way better than these people. However, they don't have the total package. They don't have the sex sales aspect. And so Aaliyah in her prime was her best years, probably when she was between the years of 18 and 20. That was her best, most featured years. So here we go. This is what we're doing. We're going to pretend again. And Bad Barbie's going to pretend that men are pervs for buying her OnlyFans content. But she's going to go what? She's going to capitalize all the way to the bank. But I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah, Hayden Pantieri, Aretha Franklin. When we play this game, it's somewhat sickening because it's just normie talk. It's one of those things that people do and you're just like, we're just going to go here again and act like this is new. 
we're just going to act like these dudes or this and that. And we're not. There's a fetishization of what people would consider our children. But teenagers aren't children. They're adolescents, young adults. But listen, I don't want to get in that conversation because then they paint you with a broad brush and completely dismiss you. The reality is we've been doing this for a very long time in our culture. If we wanted to fix this, why do we allow people to capitalize and use this sexuality? or what you perceive as men sexualizing somebody who should not be, why do we allow people to capitalize on it? Why do we allow entertainment to do it? Why do we allow them to do it and act like they're not doing it? I want to I give up one more last point. The most popularly, one of the most popularly viewed sports in the Olympics, there's two sports that are amongst the most popular viewed sports in Olympics. Actually, there's three. Now, if these were not Olympic sports and somebody was doing it around the corner, you wouldn't even stop to watch. But three sports are the most popularly viewed sports. And they oddly are with young women between the age of what? 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. And that is gymnastics, swimming, and uh, beach volleyball. Beach volleyball. Track and field comes in later, and I've actually done an entire stream on this. Um, let me see here. Now, that's including the men, right? That's including when you include the men, most popular Olympic sports. When you include the men's sports, they fell into comparison when it comes to the women's. Uh, why is this site not coming up? Let me do a refresh real quick. They're, they blurred all the pictures out. <laughs> okay, hold on for a second. Okay, let me see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Hold on for a second. I'm 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 pulling it up. <laughs> all right, let's see. I'm pulling it up. I'm going to use this one as a point of reference. So let's go back. For some reason, this, the the photos aren't coming up. I don't know why they're not coming up on each of these sites. Maybe it's my internet. But I'll just read it to you. Let me just read it to you. All right, so um, it depends on what article I got. I got most popular uh, summer Olympic sports in 2021. I got swimming, gymnastics, rhythmic gymnastics, diving as the top three. Other sites are saying gymnastics, soccer, swimming, track and field. Okay, let me see here. I just wanted the pictures to pop up, but for some reason, this Bleacher Report site does not want to pop up the pictures. I don't know why the pictures aren't coming through. Maybe there's something wrong with my internet. But um, I'll just pull it up. Gymnastics is number one. Just so you can see what I'm looking at. Gymnastics, number one. Why? Why? Number two, track. Number three, swimming. Why? Number four, women's soccer. Okay, number five, water polo. Six, men's basketball. All right, so anyway, I don't know why the pictures aren't coming up, but it is what it is. Now, beach volleyball has to be up there. Maybe the photos are great. But it is what it is. So look, before we get too much in deep into that topic here, and again, I'm not excusing anybody's behavior. We got to know what's what. That baby is trying to capitalize, cash the check, and then come in and say, well, these guys should be in jail because we're going to use their sexuality against them, but penalize them by throwing you in jail. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy stuff. To, to contribute to today's show, Dollar Sign CGA Live on the Cash App. Bimmo is Coach Greg Adams TV, PayPal, paypal.me, backslash Coach Greg Adams. Do me a favor, hit the like button. All right, you can donate. 
via the free agent lifestyle channel. And I will acknowledge you also on the notorious CGA channel. You can super chat. Don't act new. All right. Don't act brand new around here. Ted, Teddy KGB earlier contributions. What does Teddy KB, KGB says? Shout out to all the neck droppers out there. Free agent lifestyle for life. It's barbecue in there. Thick eye, thick anime thigh says if you did shuffler of the year world, Matt Walsh would be a serious contender. That video had me rolling in laughter. Couldn't believe it. He thought he was about to drop some game in there and he actually looked like a lame leaf. Thank you for being here. Harold L says two asteroids coach. He says, just like, uh, is it, I don't know who this person, Madara from anime, Naruto, Naruto. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't pretend to watch anime, but anime is another one of these things too. And oh gosh, I'm not, I don't want to go into it. Albert Wesker says she gave one speech at Oxford and all of a sudden now she bougie mm. and now she wanted to set laws. Now she wanted to set laws. Let's throw these perverts in jail for paying me this money. Shout out to D Rose. He says, I missed practice this morning, coach, but here now. Shout out to you. Suicides for you. Oh, I can't say that on YouTube. All right. Lines, ladders, sidelines for you. Sprints. Shout out to all the anime watchers out there. I, that's one of the things I'd be like, let me try to watch this. And I watch it for like five seconds. I'll be like, I can't do it. But shout out to you for watching it. I just can't get into it. Some things I can't watch. I can't, I can't do it. Maybe if I moved around and had it. Shout out to uh, Amari says, just watch your Kai stream. And I didn't know. And I don't know if you knew, but she said in a Twitch interview that allegedly his lawyer is Trey Song's lawyer. And she also posted all the text of her IG story. And one text to Kai said, quote, He's not even my type, Kai. If I'm going to have sex with someone, I would have did it with you. Oh. And that's you. Kai was in London at the time of the allegations, which is why he was alone on the stream with no lawyer. As you can see, and many people even said that about her, she was trying to be with Kai. Now, look at the two. If you remember the two gentlemen, the one gentleman's tall and lean. Kai is short, but Kai has the status. The other dude does not. And she was invited by Kai. And it seems like somebody said she would have targeted Kai. And that was the original target. And maybe that's why she acted like that. But now, oh boy. Wow. I didn't hear that, bro. And that's you. For some reason, that stream has got a very, very low response. Nobody wants to watch that stream. <laughs> it's got like 4K views. That's like the lowest stream in history. That's my lowest stream in history. Good Lord. Nobody want to watch my stuff, right? That was crazy. I looked at it. I was like, whoa. I don't think, you know, people in this space really cares about Kai. All right. Anyway, what are we doing here? Over here. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. I got 12,000 people in here watching me. Give me 600 likes. Give me 600 likes. And, of course, it is Tuesday. So we got to roll out our favorite Gordita. And she's going to let you guys know that, um, you know, you're going to have to get in line for her. She's got a long line of suitors here. Yes, she does. She's got a long line of suitors. What's the question? What's your body count? What? What's your body count? Body count? 260. I'm not going to lie. No, not your, your body count. What do you mean? How many? Three, 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 three. Oh, no, she's way more lightweight than I am. Ma'am, how many bodies have you had sex with? 
Oh, no, I can't count that. <laughs> no, I cannot. Let's just say it's more than the 10 fingers, okay? Okay. Okay, it's more than the 10 fingers. This wow. Hmm, she's a good little uh, librarian-type girl, and she's out here dropping that neck, that fat buffalo hump neck. Shout out to her. And she's got to do what she got to do out here. All right, uh, what are we doing here? Let's get into this story right here. Men are always heroes when they die. You know, it is what it is. I want you guys to know this, and this definitely don't follow this, guys. We don't want you to be an angel, a hero, a wonderful man for risking your life for this society today. Man 26 dies days before the birth of his first child after going for out for milk in a blizzard. He was considered an angel. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the humanity. Oh, the humanity. Ezekiel, what are you doing, sir? Ezekiel, this brother right here in Bu is this Buffalo, New York, reprehensible. His name is Abdul Sharufu. We'll call him Ezekiel. Dad-to-be who fled war and spent a decade in a refugee camp died after going out for milk in Buffalo. I wonder who sent him out for milk. Mm. Who sent him out for milk? A 26-year-old man just died days before the birth of his first child after he ventured out into blizzard conditions for supplies. This brother here, Brother Ezekiel from Buffalo, New York, left his home on Christmas Eve after he was asked by a friend to retrieve milk for her baby. For her baby. Mm. His family members told NBC affiliate. Despite the vicious winter conditions, weather conditions, which brought about 52 inches of snowfall across Buffalo over four days, Sharufu felt compelled to help. What a wonderful gentleman. Anytime you called up for Adolf, <laughs> why do I want to call him Adolf? Anytime you called up Abdul, he was ready to go, his uncle Enoch said. He was ready to leave his duty to help. <laughs> oh, no, brother. Hey, man, tell me, listen, I'm not laughing at the brother. Oh, man. It says right here, um, it says right here, These whoever asked him said Sharufu told his wife, Gloria, that he would wait until the storm calmed before going outside. He eventually left the house around noon on Saturday and was found lying in the snow six blocks from his home hours later. We got him in the car. I took off my coat, took off my hoodie, Savannah Jordan said, and spotted him in the street, tried to uh, wrap him up. I, I'm not going to play the warm embrace, but yes, she tried to wrap him in his warm embrace, in her warm embrace, as much as I could. He was breathing, but really shallow. He still had a pulse. He was declared deleted. This? Wait, he was declared deleted. And, and uh, after being taken to the hospital, I can't believe he left me. 28-year-old Ali Sharufu, a cousin, told them, my cousin was too good of a man. He was too good of a man. When you called him to help, he would help, Ali told CNN. Then when he went outside to get milk because he wouldn't care, what, because he wouldn't care what the outside looks like, he will try to come and help you. Okay, they set up a GoFundMe, and they described his wife as pregnant but expecting next week. And he survived. He moved to the, to the U.S. from Congo in 2017 after spending five years in a refugee camp. And guess what? Guess what? He was raised as an orphan, and he went out there. Quote, he was an angel in our community. We nicknamed him 911 because whenever 
whoever called him, he was ready to help. But guess where he at now, gentlemen? He can't serve nobody now. He can't serve nobody. Oh, he was a good man. He was a good man. But guess what? He gone now. Guys, don't, don't go above the above, above and beyond the call to duty like that. You're going to lose your life so everybody can go out there and say how good of a man you are. Anyway, next story. And these should be quick stories right here. Next story. Don't die, hero. Dana White is feeling pressure from feminist lobbyist groups. And Stephanie Mann gets the boot as Vince McMahon comes back. Let's go ahead and show you what's going on right here. California's uh, Legislative Women's Caucus. I don't know what that is. I do, but I don't. Calls for the removal of Dana White as president. Here you go. This is a feminist lobby group and a group of uh, legislators, politicians, if you will. There's no male lobbyist group. The California Legislative Women's Caucus on Monday called for the removal of one Dana White as USC president. And in a public letter addressed the head of the promotions parent company. You know, they always going to throw your ass under the bus. The letter sent to Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel comes as video surfaced last week of White slapping his wife Anna in a nightclub in Mexico, or as the woman said today, Mexico on New Year's Eve. The political woman's ad, uh, advocacy group. The political woman's advocacy. I can't say. I can't speak this today. God dang it. The political woman's advocacy group, which according to its website, consists of 18 state senators, 33 assemblywomen, posted a copy of the letter online. The letter said and asked Emmanuel for immediate removal of Mr. White as UFC president. I'm, I'm trying. All right. So everybody remembers the story. So the heat is on now. The heat is on on, on Dana White when the women's advocacy groups get a hold of that video and now as of today as of tonight they are calling for his removal we'll see what happens and update you on what happens there in other news in other news we're going back to the leader in sports again stephanie mcmahon resigns from the world wrestling federation nick khan now is the sole ceo well what happened Vince McMahon got caught up and enrolled in a sexual harassment pay payoff, quiet money, hush money scam uh, with the World Wrestling Federation in which he allegedly took liberties with many of his female employees, including wrestlers and referees, allegedly. <clears throat> he was not legally held responsible, meaning he was not held responsible, meaning he, he didn't go to jail, but he stepped down earlier this year as the, the leader, the CEO and the leading board member, the chairman of the board of the World Wrestling Federation. Well, he announced he's coming back after the pressure is off. Nobody cares. See, in our country, for some reason, there's always this pressure to make, oh, we need to react now. He needs to step down. He needs to, and we don't want to weather the storm. So Vince McMahon stepped down reluctantly and put CEO, his daughter, uh, a female CEO, as the head. Well, Vince McMahon said, you running our company to the ground. So I'm removing your ass. Basically, I'm coming back and nobody can stop me. And he came back and his daughter got the skedaddling. Now, here's the deal. All right. Here's the deal. Here's the funny thing about it. Uh, Vince McMahon has a daughter and a son. Both of them legacy children. Both of them highly privileged. Both of them he's given great responsibility and roles to. Both of them have fallen out with their daddy. All right, both of them have fallen out with their father already. So you had 
uh, Shane McMahon, who fell out with his dad previously and then came back to the company and I think fell out with him again. Now you have Stephanie McMahon, who rose to the top of the chains through the company of his dad, right, to CEO. And now she's pissed, right, bro? Boy, it's real bad out here. It's real out there. It's better out here. Yeah, man, Vince has a track record on how to run the business. Vince needs to run the business. And unfortunately, if he goes, hopefully if Triple H, he better know what he's doing. And he better not keep Stephanie out into the front as a figurehead because the company will go kaput in a second. I'm not really that excited about wrestling these days. I am an old school wrestling fan, but uh, it is what it is. Vince McMahon knows what he's doing. Vince McMahon. Let's get into the last story right here. Wife drives the husband's Corvette. Um, it says, right, right. Wife drives husband's Corvette and wrecks it. Boy, I had a real good prep coming into this show. What was I doing? I must have the junior college uh, coming in here. Okay, it says right here, and wrecks it. Divorce loading. Let's go to World Star. Fair use. This is why you never let your wife drive your car, gentlemen. You work hard for these vehicles. You work hard for the money. Here it is right here. You see this Corvette. Uh, many people might know. There it is right there. Mm, that's a pretty little thing right there. Stingray, it looks like. Yes. Oh, boy. Look at that, baby. Oh, my God. All right. And he already know he making a mistake. And she already know he making a mistake. She making a mistake. So look at this look on her face. All right. And he's looking at his wife like he's looking at his wife like. Wait a minute. Who are you? As you know, likely a manual transmission. And he put his wife in his vehicle. Now, I'm going to just tell you, this vehicle probably is valued at $88,000, maybe 90, maybe 100. This is definitely in the $85,000 category. I don't know what year it is, but he probably bought it at $88,000. Okay, let's continue here. If you know, uh, this is a mess. This is this right here, bro. <laughs> the wrong song on. I should have. I can't drive 55. She need to pay attention to the road, man. She need to pay attention to the road. I know she backing up and the backup cam is on, but I would be nervous right there. I would be like, no, no, no. I'd be like, get your ass out of the car. Stop it. Be careful. He already noticed a mistake. He already know this is a mistake, but you know what happened, gentlemen. I'm going to tell you what happened before we show you what happened. This is what happened. You never let me drive the car. I Trust me, I can drive it. I know how to drive a manual. I've been driving stick my whole life. Yeah, you've been driving stick, but this not this type of stick. <laughs> so you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. She asked to drive it, and this is what happened. All right, let's go ahead and play it. <laughs> Here we go. Stop. Somebody said it's not manual. So he already said, okay, she revving it up. It's not manual. Okay, it's automatic. All right, let's go. It sounds nice, though. Neighbors probably hate him. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Oh, her breaking this. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So this might be his kid. Here we go. We have it going well, right here. <laughs> this happened tonight. 
All right. Is this even this thing, Ray? Oh, oh no, 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 no. Hey, that definitely. Oh my goodness, what in the world? That definitely looks like the same vehicle. You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> that's definitely. That's definitely is. Oh, we don't know, man. Can't tell. What is that in the window? What is that in the window? Man, you are so lucky that came through the passenger side. No, I what in the world? What is this advert? All right. Stop. Stop with the advert. Wow, man. You let your wife drive the car one damn time and she done messed it up. So let's see here. Uh, Let me see. Let me check the wheels just to see, man. I don't know, man. That's very close. Oh, no. I see a difference in the rims. No, let me see here. I definitely see a different in the wheels. Yep. I see a different in the wheels. Let me see here. Let me show you guys. That's evidence. We're going for your Casey Price giving you evidence right here. So let's let's blow let's blow this up. As you can see, the the wheels are a little slightly different. All right. As you can see, let me see if you can see it. You see that right there? These are the um, I can't remember what they call these spokes, but the spokes are slightly different. All right. So if you see here in the crash vehicle, that's a different rim. That is a different wheel right there. All right. So anyway. And he seems a little bit too. He seems a little bit too. Oh, no, that's a hundred thousand dollar vehicle. Anyway, let's get to the contributors to the day. So let's see if we have any. We got uh, Domain Stickum says, I want my baby mama to know that her WAP got problems. <laughs> okay. Chris, the Rebel Coach, when you going to wait, when you going to shuffle about the Raider season? I've already done it. Coach, you dropped nothing but game, my favorite creator. And as a ghostwriter, you talking facts. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. I need to get my album out, my book out. This is going to be a big year. I got a lot coming out today, this year. I got a lot coming out. We dropping the album. The name of the new album is, yes, we dropping that album. That album got to come out. Y'all want to hear my singing. Macaroni Tony says, speaking of the World Wrestling Federation, I got in on the WWE stock when it was $59 and now it's $90. Hit me with that Uncle Earl. I got money. Yes, indeed. Congratulations for that. That market, man. Play the market. Sometimes you time it right. Sometimes you time it wrong. We're going to talk about that in the blue chip mindset. Something like that tomorrow. We got some PayPal's in the group. We got Maryland guy. We got like five PayPal's. All right. Maryland guy says, if, uh, if she said men should go to jail, then she should give all the money back. Will she do that? Nope. No, she won't. No, she won't. And would she have made that money if she was 36? Nope. No, this is going to be a hard conversation to have. Uh, we're going to look at the comment sections to suggest to see what they actually, the normies think. Thomas Cripps says, keep up the good work, coach, so I can focus on my career. So I can focus on my career. All right, shout out to that brother there. And we got somebody else over on here. Let me see if I can say your name. I got one, two, three, four. Um, Amari says, it's not just you, coach. YouTube tweeted this morning. If your views are dropping, don't panic. There is an issue with real-time viewership drop, and we're working on it, a fix for now. It's been like that for all videos I've watched. They are all stuck and not updating. So there we go. I was wondering what happened there. Thank you, Amari, for clearing that up. I was like, really? Only 4K people watch that stream? I was like, that sounds weird. 
you know, I don't be looking like that, but I was like, boy, nobody was interested. Okay. Leonard Leonard says, just dropping a couple of bucks out here for the CGA uh, collection plate. I can't speak this this evening. Shout out to you for dropping it into the CGA collection, collection plate. All right. So there are other people been having this issue. Okay. Miles Chumley says, men can't win. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself be the villain. Preach coach, also a blue chip mindset of the top 10 lying professions could be good content. Because mm-hmm. we, you know, I go in on real estate people, <laughs> uh, but they're not the only ones, man. Teachers, teachers always out here. We deserve to get paid more. <laughs> we do so much work. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. Now, if you want to get paid for babysitting, then we can talk. All right, but I know what teachers be doing. All of the most of the teachers don't be doing ish, mailing it in, mailing it in. Don't get me talking about teachers. Teachers are are irate right now. We talked about police officers today. No government name says nevertheless. Here, put Matt Walsh in the feces. Marriage, their marriage is on the clock. Both men, without the experience of family court, shaming men to into joining them. He talked nonsense. And Matt Walsh, we let you talk. We let you talk. And you didn't make no sense. So it is what it is. And you got to take that L. Hold that L. Hold it tight. Right to your chest. All right. Did I get you? Nevertheless, I did get you. Okay. Nevertheless, don't mean to bust your bubble. But girls of the world ain't nothing but trouble, trouble. Loxley, Lennox. It's a fake car at the end a uh, force perspective camera trick. Yo, shout out to you. Yeah, we we definitely figured that out. Appreciate you. KT, brand new viewer. <laughs> Wait a minute. No government name, please. Thank you for your content. Your 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 name is on the screen over here. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to say to you. But appreciate you for viewing in. All right, your name's on the screen though. I'm just letting you know. I don't know what it is other than that. I don't know what it is other than that. All right. Uh, somebody says, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Let's get back to the show. What are we doing here? Did I show this one? Yes. All right. Rapper knocks up a lesbian couple after a threesome session. This is where you need to protect your seed. You know, uh, here we go. This rapper is allegedly, let me see here. Okay. Allegedly, the rapper's name is Fredro. What is it? Fredo Bang or Frito Bang. I don't know. This is according to Vlad TV. Frito Bang or Fredo Bang reportedly got two lesbians pregnant. <laughs> like he knocked up both of them after a string of threesomes in bed. Boy, oh boy, man. Ninjas. Y'all ninjas, man, today. Y'all gonna learn. <laughs> Y'all gonna learn what is wrong with these people, man. But I get it, man. You're going to have to do what you have to do, man. Skeet on, skeet on, skeet on, skeet on. And so if you can see here on the screen, allegedly this is a married lesbian couple. And yes, they are thick. And so, you know, like I tell all of you people, there's not really lesbians. There's women that, you know, they still like the feeling of something in between. Yeah, they like that feeling inside. So they have been to you know they've been going back and forth sometimes sometimes they just got one of them got to say i got to have the meats pause and of course they be on to the freaky deaky when they're younger 
And this brother, apparently, I don't know who these two babies are, but apparently he piped them down and got them knocked up. This is the story. The holiday season has been quite eventful for Fredo Bang. His latest single, Double Dutch, dropped during the first week of December. And on Christmas Eve, he reportedly ended his feud with fellow Baton Rouge rapper NBA Youngboy. This week, it was revealed that a married lesbian couple named Seven and Annie Buffins each gave birth, each gave birth to a child belonging to Fred O'Bain after partaking in a number of threesomes with them. When the news broke that Fredo would be adding two baby mothers to his extended family, fans began to salute him on social media. They saluted him. All right, so we're we're giving him props for this. I tell you, man, you guys need to protect your seed big time. Oh, let me see here. Stud, stud, bunny, top tier. Oh, he's a stud. Okay, what is this? All right, hold on for a second. All right, let me see what the comments here on the dormies on Instagram saying. Legend, it's a mindset thing here. Uh, this person said it's a win. That boy just snapped. He a legend for that. This is need to be in the history books. He told y'all, stud bunny, top tier. All right, uh, let me see here. Y'all can say what y'all want, but that's a blessing for the couple. (laughs) And I know they are happy that their children are real blood sibling and raising them lovingly as any same-sex couple would. Shout out to Fred O'Bain because same-sex couples spend a lot of money to conceive. Oh, uh, this is a win? The problem, W, he just gave the gay couple a family. I'm not looking at it this way. For some reason, we already know what's going to happen here. He's going to be paying child support. We already know this dude's going to be paying child support. He's going to get kicked out of that relationship. He's going to get the book. I mean, the book, the boot. He's going to get the boot. How's that a dub? All I see is child support and that dude is not going to see those kids pass a certain year i don't think that i don't see that coming wow the boot he getting the boot we got the community praising this act i don't know man community y'all liking women that look and act like men give me okay all right (laughs) here we go my boys my boy kids come with their own parents. He won. Mm. Wow. It's a new one on me. Let's go to the next story, and then we'll get to the main event. Okay, the next story. I'm actually shocked that people are supporting that one. They didn't see that coming. Uh, we have two school districts dealing with social media. Two school districts dealing with social media. In one school district, the Seattle Public School District is suing big tech for getting social media, making social media so that so children are depressed. Okay, now, <laughs> Seattle's already a depressing city, meaning it's doomy and gloomy. So that might be the reason, number one. But I'm going to show you, Seattle Public Schools has filed a lawsuit suing social media and big tech for causing kids to become addicted and depressed. The next thing. The United Kingdom is going to reprogram their students after kids have been exposed to Andrew Tate. Boy, this is great. What are we doing? Where is the accountability today? Let's go to the tale of the tapes. Let's go to the evidence. This is according to social media. 
United Kingdom schools are developing lessons to re-educate teens who were brainwashed by Andrew Tate. <laughs> wow. New, 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 new world order. Man, dude, this just this world just gets re uh weirder and weirder. Somebody said yes, re-indoctrinate. That's what you're doing. The public school indoctrination camp got exposed and they saw a man winning and they couldn't do that. Oh, he winning in life. Oh no, 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 we can't have that. And that's you. Men want to stand up for themselves, men want to be alpha, men want to be riding nice cars and messing with nice women men want to do that we can't have that we want you we want you to see be seen as equal teachers in the united kingdom are creating lesson plans to re-educate teenage students who have been brainwashed by misogynist influencer misogynist influencer andrew tate according to a report tate who was locked up in the romanian prison on charges of grape and trafficking has had a toxic effect on teens who have embraced his hateful ideology, forcing teachers to address his views with their students, according to the Sunday Times. A school in South London gave a presentation to a group of 14-year-old teachers. Wait a minute. It gave a I messed up. To a group of 14-year-olds after teachers became concerned about the students expressing ideas they learned from Tate, a self-described misogynist who has amassed a massive following of mostly young men on social media. The question, sorry, the group of about 30 students were required and reportedly asked questions like, do you think he, Tate, is still harmless? And what happens when we take in his messages? The conversations quickly turned into a debate about grape, which men should have their voice be heard since we're often the accused, with about 10 of the students maintaining that women were responsible for their SAs, a view propagated by Tate. The male teacher then asked the student, wait a minute, the male teacher? Okay, the male teacher in there. Okay, the male teacher, is he the head of it? The male teacher then asked the students how they would feel if one of their family members were grapes victims. And here's a quote. At that point, a lot of the boys changed their tone when I put it there that their mother or sister was would be in that spot. But it was worrying that uh, but it would. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm terrible today. I, I'm actually can see it. But for some reason, my reading is terrible. But it was worrying. Thing. I don't even I, they messed it up. <laughs> it ain't me. It is. It ain't me. And that's you. That's a typo. But it was worrying that a few. Core kids, okay, didn't and still say that they would be the blame. Okay, my, my bad. That That's a bad one. <laughs> oh, boy. That was bad. All right, next one, and I'll stop reading after this. It's me. Seattle Public Schools blame tech giants for social media harm in a lawsuit. I was able to get that out. Seattle Public School District filed a lawsuit against big tech claiming that the companies were responsible for a worsening mental health crisis among students and directly affecting the students' ability to carry out their educational mission. What do you think, guys? Are you serious, bro? What are we doing, man? The complaint filed on Friday against Google, Meta, Snap, and TikTok owner ByteDance with the U.S. District Court claimed 
They purposely designed their products to hook young people onto their platforms and were and were recreating a mental health crisis Ugh. in an email statement. Meta, which owns Facebook, said it has developed more than 30 tools to support teens and their families and will continue to work closely with experts, policymakers and parents. Google said it had invested heavily in creating safe environments and experiences for children across its platform. It has introduced strong protections and dedicated features to prioritize their well-being. While Snap said it worked closely with many mental health organizations to provide in-app tools. This is all chicken bog, by the way. <laughs> by the way, TikTok didn't immediately respond to the Reuters comment because they're in China. I'm sure. The lawsuit says the company, by the way, I'm actually very, I don't know, man. I haven't worked in corporate America in a long time. But that's corporate America jargon. Well, we've provided tools that we could do well-being, health, mental health organization, in-app tools and resources for users, user discretionary funds, and what the f mm. Mark, Mark, Mark. <laughs> Chicken Bach. Who talks in that corporate jargon? Corporate jargon, Chicken Bach. All right, I cannot stand corporate jargon. Well, what we've done is we've provided tools to integrate into the safe space with the policymakers and experts. What they'll do is strong protection devices. What we do in app tools and resources and health our care organization, chicken box. <laughs> our priority is to serve our community with the best motivational tools to inspire the futures of the generations to believe the children are the future. What we do in is strong protection models and integration services where we do things like integrate and protectionate all these things. What the, what the, what the? Mm. Chicken Bach. What is your job? Hey, what do you do? How you doing? Hi, my name is Samantha. Oh, hi, Samantha. What do you do here at this place? What would you say you do here? Well, I'm an executive assistant for the human resources management company. And what we do is provide details and tools and in-app solutions for, man, would you sit your ass down? <laughs> sit down, Samantha. Nobody want to hear that, Chicken Bach. You practiced that in the mirror, didn't you? The lawsuit says that the company's actions have uh, been a substantial factor in causing a youth mental health crisis. Are we going to, are we going to, <laughs> we really going to blame everybody but the parents? How about the broken homes? How about the single mother homes? We still don't, we still haven't been able to politely address the catastrophe that single mother homes cause. It's a catastrophe. I mean, it's literally burning. Like the, the, the community is burning. I mean, it's all burnt down, but we still won't do that. We're going to blame everybody else, but, all right, what about the divorce families? What about people on drugs? What about alcoholism that we, 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 we support it? What about these people? What about parents that aren't supposed, aren't able to parent their children? This is actually crazy. <laughs> Somebody said that's exactly how we do in corporate America. Chicken box. All right, here we go. Henry, Henry's here. He's going to do a presentation today. Hi, Henry. Thank you very much, Henry, Mr. Ninja. Mr. Ninja's going to, I mean, Henry's going to get up here. Henry, uh, introduce yourself to the corporate meeting today. Thank you very much. <clears throat> My name is Henry. My pronouns are him and hey. All right, him, hey, and they. Thank you very much. 
And what is my job? My job title here is the human resource directors for the executive assistant based on the assistant director that I have related to the director's assistant. What I do is I push papers and pencils around and I fire off emails. Okay, I fire off emails. Today's presentation, the efficacy of the determination direction in which we can do the influential direction of the protection and connection. Absolutely. And what we'll do is everybody get out their tablets and take notes. What we'll do is we'll go over a couple of these slides that I prepared for you. As you can see in slide number one, the disinfection of the areas where we substantiate all these political orifices around this particular environment, the environment we create that dictates the efficacy of the what the hell are you? What? I don't even know. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Would you just get straight to the point? Corporate jargon, chicken buck. All right, let's get on to these here. <laughs> the directional gravitational pull, as you can see here, demonstrated by this caricature that I put together. Yes, it's a funny thing, by the way. And what I did is I downloaded the integration software behind the hyper internet or the intranet, and I used the company's intranet structure to download and redirect by reclassifying and dictating, pointing this way with the... Or, <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right, let me stop. Let me stop. I'll be like, man, it's time to go to sleep. I don't know what he's talking about. What, 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 did he, what did he do? He just downloaded a PDF and he popped it up on the screen. And now we got to fi figure out this chicken box. <laughs> Jesus. All right, let me stop. Let me see if there's any contributions. All right, let me see. Oh, man. Shout out to Oz Maddox. Coach, please stay safe out here. He says all the greats were taken down. Yeah. When they invited mainstream media into their house, Bill Cooper, et cetera, stay on the defense, stay on purpose as us men appreciate you. Thank you, man. Yeah, man, I actually did an interview with some dude from, I don't remember, it's one of those, it's one of those sites, but I did it in, um, I did it in a hotel room and uh, when I was in Orlando and the guy was, you know what I mean, chicken buck. <laughs> but I didn't give him nothing. You know what I mean? I was stone cold. He kept bugging me to interview, interview. And I talked to the dude, Anthony Johnson. I was like, do you know this guy? Oh, yeah, he's cool. And I gave him nothing. I was stone cold. <laughs> All right. He wanted me to go full Andrew Tate. I was giving him nothing. I was giving him air balls. I was like, you ain't going to be able to make no story out of this shit. <laughs> it was a mainstream publication. And we sat in there for 45 minutes. I think at the end of the interview, I might have gave him something. But I was just like, mm, nope. Do you believe that uh, the the Donald Trump's is the best version of the president for men and masculinity? Nope. What political ideology would you say you relate to? Nothing. I'm a moderate. <laughs> I wasn't giving them nothing. Oh, hell yeah. We need a red wave. I was giving them nothing. What would you describe yourself as politically? I don't know. Moderate, libertarian. <laughs> nothing. Politics? I know nothing of it. But but dudes, I'm going to tell you, the red pill space, dudes are trying to be celebrities in the mainstream. And what you're going to find out, and people can accuse me of this as well, I get it. I've never really tried to do the mainstream thing, right? I didn't do the Dr. Phil. I ignored they ass. I ignored everybody. 
just about everybody. I only operated in this space. The mainstream thing, you're going to get smacked down. You're going to get smacked the hell down, and it's going to force you to pivot. The mainstream wants nothing to do with the RP. They want nothing to do with this shit. So you think you about to <laughs> go mainstream and whatnot? Yikes. You don't realize 85% of the people who operate in this world are deaf, dumb, and blind. They don't give a shit about no red pill or no crimson capsule or no misogynist tongue. Anything you say is going to sound out of left field. Big John found out. Y'all go find out, though. Y'all go find out. YouTube letting us get in here and make a bag. You know what I mean? What I'm telling you is this. Just make your bag right here. <laughs> make your bag here. Pivot. Do some other content over here. Pivot. If, if they do something, head over to Rumble. But do not try. I'm warning you guys. I'm a veteran. I'm, I'm somewhat of a veteran, I, although I'm new to many. I'm telling y'all right now, stop it <laughs> with going out there and never think I'm jealous. They The same opportunities people getting, they, they offer me to. And I turn it down. Nope. I'll be like, no, 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 no. Nope. I don't want that. No, I don't want it. Nope. No, nope. I ignore it. I don't even answer the emails. No phone calls. Nothing. So be careful out here with you guys thinking y'all about to become. Now, one person might become maybe, you know, you might be able to become a co comedian or something. You might be able to parlay, parlay this and get on stage. But yeah, people say you should do stand up. I would have to change my tone of my message slightly. I would have to tweak it. I can't just say what I say here on on um, on the improv stage. Even the dudes that say slightly RP stuff on the on the stage, they still be tap dancing and walking on eggs. So be careful. Be careful. Stay here. Do what you want to do. Um, or they're gonna make you look like a fool. Even Pearly uh, said in her uh, when she jumped on my show, when she went to the Vice interview, she said they edited it like crazy. And even she still looked good, but they edited a lot of the good points out. I've been warning people of that all the time, guys. They ain't going to let you just go on there and just. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Uh, what do we got here? Shout out to Brown 310. Shout out to those backup OnlyFans accounts for sharing. Oh, no. Yeah, that's the thing about OnlyFans. Yeah. Somebody said Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. You know, I'm, I, we can have the discussion. We can have the discussion. And because people were saying, well, this person made it. Dave Chappelle. Hold on for a second. Let me let me show y'all something. <laughs> let me see something. And shout out to Dave Chappelle. My, a lot of these uh, men follow me. What I'm going to say about him is not a diss. Please understand. It's not a diss. But Dave Chappelle has been in the world of Hollywood and paying dues and doing God knows what for at least since 1996. Now, before he was able to get on stage and say what he wanted to say, he first had to do shit like this. I'm just going to tell you, you don't just get to just show up and start doing Crimson Capsule shit. If he would have showed up doing Crimson Capsule shit first, guess what? He wouldn't have had no career. 
Yes, he had to shuffle at first. So let's just get it. Let's just get it right. Before you throw up your, before you throw up your head, well, what about this person? But that's like me going on and saying, all right, I want to throw my RP stuff up there. I got to go out there and wear tights. I got to go out there and wear a dress. See, I got to do that first. He didn't just jump up there with the real. He didn't just jump up there and start telling the truth. He got himself in the position to have F you money, F you money, and then he said, I don't give a F, huh? See, when he got rich, he said, I can say what I want to say now. But I ain't rich like that. So if somebody came and said, hey, uh, do your best Dave Chappelle up, up, up impression and jump up on the stage, I'm going to get booed the hell out of there, cancel, and all my bank accounts messed up. And then I'm going to be looking at y'all like, I'm back on YouTube, y'all. Hmm. See, I'm ready for y'all. Hodge twins are killing it. Yep. And they get canceled all the time. They get shows canceled, too. Again, they got to go through the underground. I know I know about these situations. Hodge twins do controversial shit. And then they also uh, schedule their little tour. Not their little tools. I'm sorry. They schedule their tour tours and they still face problems. I think they had plenty of shows that were canceled on them because of what they were talking about. They've had several shows canceled on them. Come on, man. That's underground. That's not mainstream. Harsh twins are not mainstream, but they are doing well for themselves. Shout out to them, brothers. And I mean no disrespect when I talk. I'm talking about mainstream. Mainstream, where you're on the damn Jay Leno tonight show. Come on out. Coming to the stage is Coach Greg Adams. All right, I got Marquee. Uh, top billing and a Netflix special. That's mainstream. So anyway. <laughs> Some people never heard of them. It's all good. <laughs> We're not here to do to dispute their popularity. Shout out to Brown 310. He's going to the background Reddits to find all of Bad Baby's stuff. Shout out to George. It says you are hilariously funny. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Henry Resilient says, chill, coach. I gave them the presentation. I give them presentations in real life. Henry Resilient got on his tie. Here we go. My name is Henry. I'm here from the Human Resource Department. Oh, Henry, God dang. Doesn't it just snatch your soul for just about uh, 20 minutes while you up there talking? Hey, listen, I worked in slightly corporate America, right? So I got a little bit of experience. It snatches your soul being in corporate America, don't it? Don't it snatch your soul? You out there, you cannot, you cannot for one minute be your real self. You get up there. All right. You get up there. Oh, my God. Here we go. You got to turn it on. Here we go. All right, everybody. I brought cookies in the back. What kind of cookies are there? Mm, chocolate chip mint. There's chocolate chip mints. I bought donuts in the back. There's donuts and coffee. Boy, exciting, huh? Coffee and donuts. They're Krispy Kreme. They're Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, the normies run up. I want a Krispy Kreme donut. I want a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> you got to give the corporate tour. All right, here's our facilities. We have a ping pong table. So exciting, huh? See, you don't have to go out to recreate. You can do it here. We have our own gymnasium. You can come in before work or after work, but you can't use the gymnasium between the hours of 8 
and five, you're supposed to be at your desk. All right. But after eight and I'm sorry, before eight and after five, you can use the gymnasium. Stay as long as you want. You can work out here. We have a shower for you. Um, if there's women in the room, you can't use the gym. See, there's male and women. <laughs> and then what you'll do is going out here in our corporate campus. They call it a campus. They'd be like, our campus is inviting. You can come out here. We have a stream. You can smoke, but you can't smoke close to the building. You have to go 28, 11, 50, 11 feet away. There's ducks and swans. Make sure you don't put out your, you can only put vape. You can't put cigarettes. Then we have food trucks that come to the campus and they drive up. It costs $38 for a platter, $38 for lunch from the food truck. They're very hip. The food trucks are very hip and they're so hip. They're cultural. We have multicultural food. We have multicultural food day. You can bring in a dish. You can bring it in. A di <laughs> they just snatching your soul out. Just snatching your shit. We have a public library here that only people here with your ID. See, you have your ID. You must wear your name badge right here. Tie it up right here to your pocket. Your name badge must be visible at all times. And then when you want to go ahead and scan yourself in, you take it from the thing that has a little elastic. You bun it, beep, and you can get in entry into the building. You can use the library here to refresh yourself on the corporate. Uh, <laughs> they just snatching your soul out, snatching your shit. Somebody said $38 for lunch. Yes, dude, it ain't no joke. You go to a food truck, you be like, oh, this is cool. What we got here? Oh, boy. The gorditas in the back making lunch. Oh, boy. Here we go. How you doing, Rosalinda? Hi. Hola, Gregorio. What are we having for lunch? What do we got right here? Oh, we have burritos. Oh, my God. Burritos. Chimichungas. She put that shit on a plate. Dial that shit up. You want a soda with that? Yep. And a bottle of water. $38. $38. Like, what in the world? By the way, the evening show, we be rambling, just so you know. And the tip. And they put that thing on there. They punch everything in, spin that damn thing for you. Uh, just go ahead and continue with the menus. Tip, 16%, 18%, 22%. You're like, what am I tipping you for, you mother sucker? You charging me $38. <laughs> what am I tipping you for? You didn't do shit. You did what you were supposed to do. Like, if I went to McDonald's, I don't tip them either, but you got that shit popping up on the screen, and you're like, are they going to know? Are they going to know? No tip. They report your ass to human resources. He hasn't tipped the lunch truck one time. Oh, based on our algorithm, we've discovered that you've used the chimichanga truck 15 times this month. You know they keep in track. All right, anyway, let's stop here. Boy, corporate life, man. Corporate life, you basically going to have to die on the inside to sign up. Oh, we have several benefit packages. Oh, you can't wait. Wait till we show you the benefits. As a matter of fact, you can go down to the Westfield Mall down there, and they'll give you 15% off of everything as a result of your affiliation with our company. It's a fantastic thing. You can go to the Sunglass Hut. There's only five stores you can go in, though, the Sunglass Hut. You can go into the, not the Foot Locker, but Champs. They only have knockoff shoes. You can't go to the Foot Locker, but Champs will set, accept our 15% benefits. Bring, please bring your ID. 
please bring your ID. You also can go to some st stupid ass store strip mall over here that you'll never go and find anything you want to purchase, but they'll give you 30% off of things over there. Yes, 30% off. <laughs> you won't need any of this shit. None of this shit you want. None of these stores are popular, but here's a list. There's a list online of the stores that you can go to that accepts our corporate affiliation. <laughs> corporate people going to be mad. Auntie Anne's pretzels. Yeah, somebody said kids. Anyway. Y'all bad. Payless shoes. You ain't lying, bro. You're like, I don't want no damn Payless shoes. You can get, you can go to kids. You can go, you can go to Oshkosh Bagash. Oshkosh Bagash. You can buy some jeans there. Maybe some of your corporate outfits. Oshkosh Bagash. Coles. Marshalls. These all things accept our corporate membership. And if you go to Oshkosh Bagash, they have maybe a 10%. <laughs> 1 800 flowers. <laughs> 1 800 flowers, man, please. You're sitting there like, oh my gosh. You're just looking up at the clock. Is it time to go yet? Oh my Lord. God damn. Ready to go. And you cannot do one thing that is not unplugged. You do one damn thing. <laughs> you say one thing that is not unplugged. Everybody's laughing. <laughs> Did you see that show? That one time when that black man came out and he said, Goonie Goo Goo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was so hilarious. And he was like, and that time when his Aunt Bunny fell down the stairs and she was so fat. You go into the human resource officer. They look at you. Gosh, Henry. Henry, that's a little insensitive. I mean, we were having fun and all, but fat? Aunt Bunny with the mustache? <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, they going to turn your ass in, bro. Dude, that, that, I'm telling you, man, that culture right there is a, that culture right there is a soul crushing event. But shout out to everybody that's doing it. I'm not, I'm not, listen, it is what it is. In Cincinnati training for two weeks, you getting your soul, you just dying. You just dying a slow death just every day. Uh, here you go. Can you put up your TPS reports? Yes, pull up your TPS reports. And we've been following everything. You ever been fired from a corporate job? You ever been fired from a corporate job? You come in and they make your ass go work all the way till Friday, knowing, and let me tell you something. I have family members that work in human resources. I know this. They plan on firing your ass for a long time. Oh, Lee, okay, you're talking about the vacation days. Let me get to that. But they know they're going to fire your ass. They've been wa watching you, monitoring you, downloading all of your communications, trying to find a reason to fire your ass on top of the reason they want to fire you. So if you ever get fired from a corporate job, they know they're going to fire you, but they know they're going to fire your ass. And here you come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They could have fired your ass on Monday, but they wait until Friday. And then you walk up in that mother sucker on Friday and you use your little ID beep, and you can't get in. Beep. Beep. You press the button. Boop. And then the security guard says, oh, Henry's here. Uh, Yeah. Uh, follow me. Then they follow your ass. You start walking. Oh, uh, where are we going? And then around the corner, the human resources lady is around the corner. Okay, around the corner is the human resource lady. Security job don't walk you right to HR. 
And you're like, hi. I'm like, oh, hi, Henry. Yeah. Go ahead and have a seat. This will be your exit interview. What? Exit interview? Yes, according to your past few reviews, you got a 4.3 stars. And based on that, we then did an investigation and looked at your cell phone data and determined that you've been watching Coach Greg Adams. Yes. So your ass got to go. Uh, Yeah, uh, we took all of your personal items and put them in a one little box at the size of a box that you will find at Costco. Yes, indeed. Yes, all of your stuff is there. Uh, you won't have access to your email. You won't have access to your computer anymore. Uh, the little bit of that BlackBerry that we gave you, you're going to have to turn that in. And if you don't turn it in, you know, we're going to hold that off. You won't be able to get a letter of recommendation. So uh, no access to your office. Uh, here's what we go. Go ahead and come up this way, sir. No, you cannot go to the rest of the people. You, <laughs> here you go. You cannot go that direction. They're working. They're, they're, they're trained. We don't want you to go postal. We're going to walk you out right here. Go ahead and follow the security guard. He has your box sitting right there by the door, already ready. You didn't see it when you walked in, but we put that shit down when you went around the corner. Security, go ahead and walk him off. Have a nice life, sir. Have a nice life. <laughs> and you standing outside holding a box like, what the fuck just happened? Is there anything that you want to say in your exit interview? They say the, the nice human resources got your ass. Anything you want to say in your exit interview, what you want to say is kiss my black ass. But guess what? You so shell-shocked, you don't even say this shit. You like, well, oh, damn. And the woman grabbed my balls. And I think that's it. I don't know. So anyway, man. <laughs> All right, let me see here. What a world we live in. Shout out to everybody. Yeah, yeah. where's my final paycheck at? Oh, it will be downloaded. Oh, your final paycheck going to be Liddy because you don't have to wait the extra two weeks to get, you know how you are always two weeks behind. You're always two weeks behind. But when you get your final check, it's going to be all caught up. Anybody ever lose a job? You lose a job. I've never been fired, by the way, but I know this. I don't know how I know this. But uh, when you when you when you get replaced, that paycheck, that paycheck counts the two weeks that you had to wait two weeks to get your other check. So it's going to be a fat paycheck, but it's your last paycheck. Mm. Paycheck going to be fat. You're going to be like, oh, yo, wow. But, it, but, but it's the last one. You better have a job because that paycheck about to go real fast. Richard. <laughs> right where we at here. Uh, let's see here. Let me see here. Yeah, it'd be hitting different. You like, boy, they didn't lace me up. You see a whole five, six thousand dollars on the check. You like, hey, <laughs> you like, I got paid, but you realize after that check, there's no more checks. <laughs> so you better save that shit and go get you a job. Okay, just educating the new people here. If you're a young brother and you go corporate media, if you go corporate work, hmm. Shout out to all my corporate workers, but corporate work is, is a skill set. And if you guys work in corporate, again, he says, do you have your ID? Yep, turn your ID in, turn in your phone, turn in your passwords. Um, If you do, if you do corporate jobs, which if you guys know, corporate jobs are the jobs of America. 
Um, for young people, it's easy to get them in the corporate job and drink the Kool-Aid and take them through. We're a family. We're a team. Our people here, they're not, there are no bosses here. We work together. We're all family. This is your, the person, the, you know, we listen, we listen. Um, you know, the CEO listens. He's a great CEO. He's not a slave driver. He doesn't think he's above us. Every now and then he'll come downstairs and he'll have a group meeting. Hi, everybody. I'm the CEO. I'm going to act like I, I get along with you goofballs. But when I go to my country club, you really are all losers to me. Get your ass back to work. All right. But, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you're going to need to do this because this is how you get put on. You get put on. And then when you get into your 30s, you still like, ah, I'm moving up the ladder. You know what I mean? I'm fighting the good fight. I'm coming in and people recognize me. They gave me a bonus. They gave me five stars on my report. <laughs> they gave me five stars on my review, my three-month review. Oh, they say I'm doing great. I'm working my way up. By the time you get 40, you be like, F this shit. <laughs> mm. F this shit, man. Y'all can have it. You like, I ain't doing this. Playing office. But you got to do what you got to do out here. Yeah, you ain't going to be, you, you ain't about to make no six figures at no corporate job unless you come in making six figures. You know what I mean? Like you, to get in six figures in the corporate job, they'd be like, yes, in 20 years, you'll be on fries. Then you'll be on burgers. Then you'll be flipping burgers. Then all of a sudden, you'll work your way up. Then you'll be middle management. Then you'll go from middle management 20 years later, bro. 20 years. <laughs> you you know what you could have done with the same skill set? You could have done, and this is real game. You could have in, in two years accomplished what you could have done in 20 years at that company. 20 year and two freaking years with some balls, you could have pulled what you've working for in 20 years. And some most corporate jobs, of course, there's exceptions to the rule. Then you say, I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to start my own business. They be looking at your ass like. You're going to leave this job. How are you going to leave this job? They give you benefits. Gosh, 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 colds. You have dental, health, vision. You're going to leave this job? Then what? How are you going to get paid? What possibly? How are you going to get a paycheck? How are you going to pay your mortgage? You're going to leave the company? Don't you like the company here? Don't you like it here? <laughs> it's like the slaves, like, I'm running. And they be like, you're going to run from the plantation? What are you going to do when you get out in the real world? You can't read. The master loves you. Massa loves you. Yeah, he whips you from time to time. Yeah, it's humiliating work. Your 401k. Yeah, what about your 401k? You're going to run from the plantation and you're going to get out in the free world and do what? I mean, the master gives us quarters, living quarters. He gives you a place to fornicate and breed. We get to sing songs. Hmm. <laughs> 
He good for us. He loves us. He tells us so. He tells us, I'm not your massa. I'm just your employer. <laughs> yeah, anyway. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell Massa you said you was going to leave. Hmm. You could have a 401k. All right, anyway. Shout out to no government name. Men in Tights was a cinematic masterpiece, sir. And yes, it was. But we were just using it as an example. <laughs> church too? Oh, yeah. When you leave a church, yeah, they will get your him you up. Have gossip all out in these streets. Shout out to Vincent J. He says much respect. Yeah. So watch out for corporate culture is something else, man. You got to really love co corporate culture. I mean, I wasn't, I couldn't do it. They knew I couldn't do it either. And one person saw me. I did a, I did a temp job one time and I went there, <laughs> I went there and they saw me there and it was like, they was like, okay, here, what you're going to do. You're going to enter data in this computer. Then they brought this big ass file cart and it was like, here you go. Start from here. And then when you get here, we got 50, 11 other carts. I was like, what? I was just like <laughs> entering data. One person came. How you doing, sir? Chicken bark, bark. After talking to me, they were like, you're too good to be here. Mm. I was like, you're too, you're too good to be here. They were like, you better than this. <laughs> I was like, I know. I just don't have a job right now. Pro mansplainer tuition for corporate insensitivity, tra insensitivity training. Tuition for corporate insensitivity training. Thanks, coach, for the belly laughs. Him different. Him smarter than the average bear. Him smarter than the average bear. Him think he above us. I worked there two weeks. I was like, give me a promotion. They looked at me like. Uh, sir, you've been tipping here for two weeks. You've been tipping here for two weeks and you want a promotion already? These people been at their cubicles data entering for five years. What kind of qualifications do you have? Do you even have a resume? Let me see your resume. Is there a cover letter? I mean, you have a little bit of education here and you have a degree, but these people have been in this booth for five years doing the same job. Why do you think you're just going to step over them? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, you either raise my shit. Look, man, these morons ain't better than me. I'm better than them. Give me a job. Man, they bounced my ass right up out of there. My tip agency called me up and it was like, yeah, uh, they don't want you to come back no more. <laughs> don't go back to your your job we're gonna have to find you a new job looks <laughs> like this is not for me okay all right let's get back to the show sorry for people they're gonna people like this show is rambling just just let me do what i do here we're teaching men corporate culture is not for most men if you want any masculinity most of the time, you're not going to be able to survive in corporate culture. Not only that, do not pull up in the 911. Because all of y'all supposed to have Toyota Camrys. All of y'all supposed to have Toyota Camrys. If you pull up, swerving, leaning to the side, you got Spreewell rims spinning, and you pull up in your spot, bumping, boom, 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 boom. you know y'all then just turn down your music as soon as you get to your job campus. Soon as you get in, you get to the security guard, you turn your music down, you drive in, put on your classical music. 
soon as you get into your spot and they see you bending corners, they like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you get a new car? You got a new car? That's interesting. Wow. And the color, what color is that? You know, all of the cars here in this parking lot are either gray, black, or white. You're sitting here with a red car, sir. What kind of shit is this? What is this? I mean, how do you, how can you afford this? I spy in your paperwork all the time at the human resource office. I know for sure you don't make this type of money. <laughs> That's a red car. That is not even the stock model. Hmm, that balloon pay that payment must be five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> All right, anyway, <laughs> they be rolling up Camry, pull into their little Camry, baby, feeling all good. Did they see you bending corners? They like what? They gonna be jealous of your ass. They gonna sabotage you when you could pull up like that. They're gonna sabotage you. Yes, yeah, somebody says they be hating, dude. From that point on. You pull up in your Denali. You pull up and park your Denali next to their Nissan Altima. Get ready for the hate. They about to sabotage your whole shit. All of them women over there, they going to see you pulling. You going to be walking with your hair lined up. You going to have your hairline. You going to have your goatee all trimmed up. Pull in, boom, 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 boom. You walk in with your watch gleaming. You about to get sabotaged. They about to undermine everything you do for the next five months. They about to run your ass. <laughs> Somebody says he got a $500 watch on. That looks like an expensive watch. They be keeping tabs. Mm -mm. He says with flexing comes hating. That culture right there. What? Don't leave early. Do not think you go about to leave early after you done flexed on a ass. Oh, you know what? I got to leave a little bit early. I have an appointment to make. Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. No, he's not going to get a promotion over me. He's leaving early. He's bending corners. I caught him watching OnlyFans content in the back. They about to sabotage you. Mm. Sabotage. Somebody said, coaches speak about life. They about to pull in bow and arrow on your ass. So anyway. Bo and Arrow, they like, soon as you walk in the door, they're going to be like, hi, Mr. Ninja, as soon as you turn your back. Hate that mother sucker. He got too much confidence. <laughs> All right, anyway, let me stop, man. All right, look, let's get to the last part of the show. But, hey, brothers, if you're a young man watching me, listen, look at the comment section. They're agreeing with me. I am not lying about this. I know, and I've lived a lot of people's lives. Think about this. Think about this when, you, when you're formulating the direction of your life. Think about this. And then you can start making choices early in life. A lot of men, they got to keep, keep doing this because they started and they were enticed with a 35000 check. Oh, I have a salary, bonuses, discounts at the mall. I got, I got benefits. I got a 401k. I can claim my little zero dependence on my damn thing, get my tax return, get on W-2 status. Get on W-2. I get to come to a job and play office and tell people I'm important. They gave me a little title and a little stamp and a little thing on my office door. And they gave me a computer. And guess what? 
Five, six months down the line, a year, two, three down the line, you're going to realize why. Yep, they gave me a company car, a little ID, a little lanyard. I got a lanyard. I travel. They take me to a convention. We all go there, and we put our sweater vests on. Yeah, man. Shit going to sound like, shit going to sound like, that's fantastic. <laughs> and then you get in the field for a long time, man. You're just going to crush your soul. Going to crush your soul. You cannot be who you want to be. Business travel is overrated, gentlemen. It, dude, business travel is overrated. Oh, we're going to go on a trip. The company's paying for me. They're going to give me per diem, and we're going to travel. You ain't going to see shit when you drop in that town. You're going to see the convention center and the hotel. <laughs> and then the airport out. That's what you're going to see. You ain't going to no strip joint. You ain't going to no landmarks. Nothing. You're going to see the hotel, the convention center, back out in the airport. <laughs> we went to Washington, D.C. and Miami. Yeah. What did you see? Nothing. A whole lot of nothing. You didn't see nothing. You didn't see no holes or nothing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm trying to help, brothers. This is pertinent to the show. For some people who are going to say this is not pertinent to the show, this is very, very vital information for young men. If you choose to go this route, be prepared. You're going to crash out. It's going to feel like, oh, man, damn. Um, Let's get in here. Let's see what we got. What am I doing? Bad baby dodges accountability by saying this. <laughs> and, of course, there's exception to the rules. But uh, let's go into the bad baby thing right here. Bad baby, here's the proof I made $50 million on OnlyFans. Let's start off right here. This is a woman who was the cash me outside girl, and she made $50 million on OnlyFans. As you can see here, this is her. I don't know what this looks like. Oh, man, she looks kind of scabby and methylene to me, but it is what it is. I mean, I like her frame and all, but it looks a little meth to me. It screams meth. And here she is showing her receipts that she made $50 million right there, $50 million uh, from OnlyFans. Now, oddly enough, here she is right here on several internet sites. Bad Baby says people who joined her OnlyFans right when she turned 18 should be in jail. Now, if you don't know the backstory, she's been a kind of a sensation, a meme since she went on Dr. Phil's show. And what she did was, um, what she did was she was the cash me outside. How about that? And then, Underneath everybody's nose, she became a rapper and a well-known person. If you were like 15 to 16 years old, you would have known her. If you were an adult, you didn't know. You just thought she just died or something like that. But what happened was she became infamous. And then she, as she turned 18, the day she turned 18, the day she turned 18, she was 17 and known. The day she turned 18, she started the OnlyFans. Now, according to what she says is she doesn't get naked. Um, uh oh, um, that doesn't surprise me, but um, she doesn't get naked and does like bikinis and underwear. I don't know what she does, but now she's saying a year later or less than a year later that the people who waited for her to turn 18 should be in jail for joining and making her a $50 million a year. Isn't this crazy? So she took the money, she cashed the checks. I'm rich, and now she's saying because. She probably feels dirty or weird that people, you know, you got to deal with weird people. 
Um, they're saying you're fetishizing me because I'm just a little teenager. You know, they did that to R. Kelly. Don't you said you like teenagers? And R. Kelly was like, What age are we talking? And everybody's like, Oh, see? Well, he was like 18 and 19 is a teenager. Now, in our country, 18 is, and I'm, listen, this is going to be a tough conversation for a lot of normies. I'm sorry. I have to have this conversation. I know you have a moral stance. I know you might believe what you believe is right. And you might think a person shouldn't look at another person. I don't know why, but this person is legally an adult. You might believe it's immoral, but you find, but, but I also going to find some hypocrisy in that. And we'll show you that in a minute as to why we are allowed to watch this, but not that. We know this is legal in the prawn profession, model industry. Modeling industry have used teenage women and young women for a long time. For a long time. Many of the R&B stars and the country stars and the pop stars have been all presented to us underage in a way to entice a certain people, take advantage of their pockets, and then call them perverts on the back end. Everybody sees what's happening with this, and they say we shouldn't fetishize her. Yet this is her. This is how she presented herself. I didn't make her do this. This is how we've done it, and we've done this to young boys and girls. And then we find that the people are reprehensible behind the, behind the scenes. Now, whatever your moral stance on this is, I can't I can't change that. But I also know that I can't change this about America, in particularly, but the world specifically. We can't change that. We're not going to change it. But to say now, use men's sexuality against them, cash in, and then say these men are perverts is very reprehensible. And it speaks to normies because then they can hop on and be like, yeah, that's terrible. As she cashed the checks. Okay. As she cashed the checks. Here it is right here. Some responses to this. And men and women alike seem to feel like she's dodging account accountability here. She's trying to pass the buck. This is Nadia says, is she going to return the money? Nope. Cash says, but you still took their money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You still took their money, she says. Here's another one says, but uh, yes, but also at 18, why have OnlyFans? Excellent question. Why make yourself put yourself out there and then say the guys are uh, fetishes or perverts for doing it? Here's a person here. She got a point, but why she was quick to make one, and this is in Ebonics, make one and post herself soon as she turned 18, which is legal. She should have just as much respect for herself as others should. And at the end of the day, she can't expect other people to uphold standards towards her if she can't even uphold them, them herself. All right. And a lot of people, she took the money. People be getting rich saying anything, even post naked soon as you turn 18. So there, you know, for the most part, people are doing this. But this particular subject matter, unfortunately, has been used against men for a long time. We showed you clips of American women appalled that men are going to Thailand dating women that look young or are young. And all of a sudden they're perverts. We played the woman who was a very thick Latina chick saying, you know, if you have itty bitty titties, and you like women with itty bitty titties, you're a perv, you're a you're a metaphile. And it's weird because we know it's happening. I'm going to show you it's happening. I'm, I'm going to show you it's happening. All right. And I showed this earlier, but we'll just go over it again. And our culture does this. And it not only does this with younger women, it does this with all type of fetishes, black men. Okay. Black women twerking. Uh, overweight, big women. For some reason, they always have no problem when they jump on the screen with what? A bikini. 
But let a in-shape woman jump on with a bikini. Then it'll be all kind of nitpicking, calling her not a real woman. But we fetishize this. Then when men have fetishes of women who are completely oblong and out of shape, then we criticize them for their sexual selection. But it's just the fact that there's a woman there with jiggling flesh is going to entice many people. Some men will be disgusted. Some people won't. But we will find something wrong with them. And it's just using male sexuality against themselves. Here it is here, Britney Spears. Britney Spears in this photo is 15 to 16. Everybody knows it. They also know that she's wearing pigtails, which is somewhat of a, a metaphilic culture that they would desire. She has a pouty face appearance, and she also is wearing a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. And if you watched any prawn, you would know that this is a attempt to fetishize someone under the legal age. However, they did it and got away with it. And we were supposed to act like she's a great singer and a dancer. Okay. We were supposed to act like she was a great singer and a dancer when she was just simulating and emulating pornography. Straight up. This is a classic prawn scene. It is what it is. I mean, what was next? She was going to dress up like a nurse. Okay. What was next? She was going to have a lollipop. I mean, all she was missing was the lollipop. Okay. But we do this in our culture, and then we blame the guy. What about this? Anna Kornikova. And some of you guys saw this part of the show already, but a lot of people are here. Anna Kornikova, how, teen, how tennis's teenage star became the world's most Googled woman. Huh? Say that again. She's supposed to be a teenager, but she's Googled woman. What is it? She's going to be a kid, or is she going to be a teenager? Or is she going to be a woman? What is it? And why is she the most Googled woman when she ain't even the best tennis player at that point of her career? It's obvious. It's obvious. But if you say it, you're the metaphile. Okay? If you say it, you're the metaphile. Somebody says she's 41. At this point, when she was the most famous Googled woman, she was not 41. She was 16. But if you say it, you're the bad guy. Oh, you're the bad guy. How dare you look at her? Right? But they're continuing to model. All right, so let's continue here. Beyonce, she's not immune from this. Most people don't know that they were what they call teenagers when they were starting their stride out. Some of their earliest singles were released, and these young ladies were what people call underage. And even in the height of their destiny child, they were no older than 22. They were no older than 22, most of it. Most of their big songs, their first album or two albums, they were between the ages of 17 and 22. Huh? You see what I mean? You see how you play that line? Uh, but but they, they they use that to say, oh, isn't Beyonce fine? Oh, she fine as hell. Why are you looking at that young girl? Um, we do have Dorothy Stratton and a bunch of other people that we mentioned early, earlier. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. As I want to go ahead and put her on the screen, Aaliyah's height. Aaliyah died at age 22. A lot of us old heads don't remember how young these people were dying in front of us. Tupac, 24, 25. Biggie, 23, 24. Aaliyah, 22. But Aaliyah has been paraded in front of us between the ages of 15 and uh, 20. 15 and 21. And we're going to act like, listen, she's a decent singer. Right, she's a decent singer, but was she? What was it? Know what I mean? 
So we pl- we keep playing this thing here. And I'm not the one to be trying to defend it, but we keep playing this as to saying this person later on the victim of, of some circumstance that these evil people behind them who supported this, who allowed you to become famous and ride this out, somehow was there for your talent. Somehow it was there for because you weren't eye candy. That didn't play a role in it. They expect, oh, wait a minute. You like Aaliyah? How dare you? Yeah, wait a minute. You can't sexualize her. How dare you? You can't sexualize her. You're a metaphile. See, this is the thing, man. This is the thing we do. And we tap dance with fetishes all day long, interracial fetishes. We tap dance with these things, and we wonder why people turn out the way they are. So Bad Baby has now come out after fetishizing herself. (laughs) She did it herself, made her money. Now wants men to be thrown in jail. Let's get to the story. Here's another one. I want you to look at this title. Look at this title. It, it, guys, it's right there under your nose if you're awake. Uh, I, I know a lot of people are not awake. You're woke or you're asleep. Take a look at this title and tell me they're not trying to double entendre imply something here. You can see it. It says Snapchat solicits bad baby to garner buzz for original content slate. The word it, the, the operative word there is solicit. Why would they use solicit? <laughs> okay. And this article was when she was 15 to 16 years old. You guys got to wake up. But you don't have to wake up. What you can do is just blame everybody else and call people names and whatnot. Why would you use the word solicit in this title with this? Pout, again, pouty face. I don't know if you know. Pouty face, young girl who is a teenage, teenage girl who is underage, and you will use the word solicit, okay, to say she's some sort of thing here. And as you can see here in this article, she's 15 at the time. And I just popped this up. I did a little research for this story, and this article popped up at the eight, at the time, 15 years old. So this is all mind play, okay? So kind of mind play right there to get you to put in your head, solicit bad Barbie. Oh, young teenage. Okay. What you see what I mean? This popped up here. Oh, this is another indication here. And I'll read a couple of articles. Where's the bad Barbie, bad baby. I want to always call her bad baby. Where's that article? I maybe couldn't find the video, but seeing that we're talking about this, I found a couple other articles as I was researching for this show. It says right here, um, this is the Olsen twins. Many of you guys don't know who they are. They started off as really, really young babies on the show. Uh, not Family Matters. What was the name of their show? I can't remember it. You know me. I can't remember ish. But most people don't remember. There was a time that these were the latest rendition of the under eight. What was it? Full House. Thank you. Full House. So Full House, they were babies going up into little girls, right? And so then... They become teenage stars and phenomenons. For some reason, they're very small. They look kind of munchy-ish. I don't know, man. They kind of give me a weirdy, creepy vibe. But for some reason, even David Spade, hate to throw people under the bus, but even David Spade made a reference about the Olsen twins turning 18. And I think MTV Cribs, if I'm not mistaken. And there was an actual clock on the internet. A clock on the internet that had the day that these girls turned 18. Who remembers that shit? This was a really big deal. I remember it. 
because I was at the time, I want to say I might have been like 19, 20, 21. But I remember they had a clock on the Internet, a countdown clock. <laughs> to let you guys know when they turned 18. Yeah, yeah, brothers. It was like, yeah, that brother's starving. And this is what happens here. It says we need to talk about celebrity 18th celebrity 18th birthday countdown clocks. OK, and let me see here. They go down here and they say, uh, let's see here. Who, who are they referencing here? This woman here says. Um, mm. It says that there's a woman named Lindsay Dawn McKenzie, but that topic in mind, one of the person that first personalities I thought of was a girl named Lindsay Dawn McKenzie, McKenzie, English glamour model and later pornography personality. McKenzie made her topless model debut in the UK Sunday sport on her 16th birthday in 1994. She was being sexualized from an outrageously young age due to her naturally large breasts. Now, in the United Kingdom, the age is 16. So don't go back and try to dig that up. Modeling swimsuits from a young age as she approached her 16th birthday, tabloids published photos of her from June to July of that year, counting down the days until they could legally show her topless to the predominantly male readers. Following her 18th birthday, there's so forth and so on. And now she's 15 years old. And so now, countdown clocks are beyond inappropriate and dangerous. I would agree with that. It's interesting. But a lot of women have uh, talked about it. And the reason why they wrote this was because the bad baby OnlyFans turning 18. So they're the ones that brought the shit up. Don't be mad at me. Here's another story. Count down, counting down to female celebrities turning legal is more than crass, is dangerous. And in this case, it was the Olympic skier, Chloe Kim, that was the quote-unquote victim of the countdown clock. Men liking younger women is criminalized, essentially, and it's used against you. They put her out there, she takes the photos, she gets the money, the accolades, but... You cannot do this and use her as fetishizing. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. So you see right here, somebody says she fine as hell. Um, sorry, a co-host, Patrick Connor, responded to her juvenile nature. Responded to her juvenile nature was to wonder aloud and on the air when having sex with her would no longer constitute statutory grape. Quote the coast, Patrick Connor says she fine as hell. If she was 18, you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't be ashamed to say that. She's a hot little piece of ass. And she is. She is adorable. I'm a huge Chloe Kim fan. Her 18th birthday is 23rd of April, and the countdown is on, baby. So this is a guy that they caught. They caught him lacking. <laughs> they caught him lacking. And he says, hey, when she turns 18, she's now legal to be able to be consumed by the eye. They're naming lots of people. Hillary Duff, they're naming the young girl. What's the young girl? Hillary Duff was another one they put out. What was the girl on Harry Potter? What was the girl on Harry Potter? I can't remember these people's names, man, to save my life. All right, but Harry Potter was a classic example of the girl who grew up, and then all of a sudden, she was in front of people, and they were like, oh, wow. And then they were, how old is she? What about Kendall Jenner? Emma Watson, thank you guys. Hermione, Emma Watson. What about Kendall, uh, Kylie Jenner and Kendall Jenner? 
I don't know if you remember, but at 18, they went and got plastic surgery. At least Kylie did. And she became a whole new woman and get bumped right out there at 18, pushing herself, pushing the envelope, whatnot. Is that illegal too? Somebody said Miley Brown, Miley Bobby Brown. I don't know. I know the name, but I don't know who that is. Rose McGowan, Phoebe Cates. This has been going on in our culture for a long time. And I know people will say, well, this is what we need to change. I'm sorry. It's not going to change, bro. It's the girl from Stranger Things. Is she the newest one? She's the newest rendition of this. Is she? Let me see. Let me pull her up. Miley. See who she is. See what her age is here. She is. She's now 18. Okay, so she's just experiencing this now. Let me see if I can find some photos. I see. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't be able to recognize her. I heard the name before, but I guess she was a really child star. And if you really want to go deep into the Hollywood situation, it gets deeper than that. Now we get really deep. You don't want to talk about that. Taylor Swift is another example of this. Taylor Swift is another example of this. Um, there was a there was a video of Taylor Swift. I swear to God, I'm watching it. My daughter liked Taylor Swift at the time. Shout out to my daughter. Taylor Swift was on stage doing a concert. And we know how that works. The parents bring the kids to the concert. And they got her up there in a dress. And they doused her ass with water. All up. They doused her ass with water. And I'm looking like. <laughs> I was like. Shook. Shook. I'm going to show you the picture of it. I was like. What kind of shit is this? Like she was in the shower. I'll also tell you. The movie Wild Things featured girls portraying themselves as high school girls having an affair with a teacher, and the scenes were very steamy. The movie Wild Things with Denise Richards or Denise Richardson. I can't ever remember her name either. But that was two girls dressed in Catholic school outfits, cheerleading outfits, so forth and so on, doing you know what. Where's the Taylor Swift story? Taylor Swift shower. Let me see here. Water. Let me see if I can do this here. Oh, here it is. Let me see if I can do it. Yeah, you want to talk about uh, this? This goes deep. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on for a second. So I'm watching the show. <laughs> and it was like, what? Take a look. Take a look. Now. What are we doing? I'm not going to be. Y'all can do whatever y'all want and say whatever y'all want. But nobody's going to think anything but one thing when you see that. Right? <laughs> There's only one thing. There's only one thing you got to think. I don't care who you do, who you are, how old you are. How when you see that, you're like, you see what I mean? You see what I mean? Now. We do this and we play this and we play it like it's not happening. But then we get this and we say, yeah, these guys, yeah, shame on them. And the same people will act like the same people will act like, oh, yes, they're the wrong. And that, that's not what they're doing. It's weird. It's Denise Richards. Thank you. So uh, let me see here if I can read this part of the story. OK, um, let me see if they bring somebody. Oh, they mentioned Britney Spears. Oh, I don't know if you remember this come cover of Britney Spears. 
So remember this. This is a cover of Rolling Stones when Britney Spears first debuted. This is the cover that they put out. of Britney. Now, you know why Britney Spears is all messed up in the head. Okay, because they used her. Okay, and, and on this cover, she was 16, if I'm not mistaken, or 17. Hmm? What are we doing? What, what are we acting like? What are we acting like happening is not happening? She was 16 when this cover was put out. What are we acting like or not acting like is happening here? Who's sexualizing who? So is the viewer wrong or the person pushing it wrong? In the case of that question, if you say the person pushing it is wrong, why is bad, ba bad baby why is bad baby in the right here? She's definitely the one in the wrong. She's the one pushing it. You see what I mean? Um, and people, let's see here. Um, somebody said young Janet Jackson and all that stuff. It is what it is. Anyway, Joe Biden likes it. So these plays are happening right in front of us. But what, what this thing is, I see she's saying, Mitch should be in jail for buying her OnlyFans content that she put out. What are we doing? First of all, it's not illegal. We need to get that out of our minds. It's not illegal. What she's doing is clouding the normies or the older women that want to say, yes, put them in jail. For what? It's not a crime. It's not a crime. Now, if you want to go morality argument, have your morality argument, but it ain't going to stop me from looking at a person if you just don't like the age comparison. It ain't going to stop me. But, on this case, making this some sort of crime when it's not even a crime is normie shit. It's not a crime. At all. And if it was a crime, she wouldn't be able to do it. But to now punish the guys for consuming something you put out is reprehensible, man. It's crazy. All right. Anyway, what, speaking of, what's Joe Biden got to say here? Are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> you look like no. a freshman. <laughs> I figured Joe Biden would have something to say. Joe Biden also has this to say. I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what. Look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with a, like a little lady on a wedding squad. Yeah, Joe Biden had a lot to say. Okay, let's get into the Super Chats and get ready. All right, Henry Resilient, I'm having him keep it. He's quitting his job tomorrow. All right, I didn't. I didn't mess up, Henry. We got. Uh, let's see here, Henry Brazilian, JJ Barry. Did I get you? Hey, Coach, did you see FNF had a witch on their podcast last night? I'm just bringing it up since you were just talking about witches the other day. I didn't see that. No, man, it's hard for me to catch everybody's content these days. But um, you know, sometimes we're on the same wavelength. So I appreciate them for bringing on Sabrina, the teenage witch, which is another play on words. Okay, another play on words that they get you with. Oh, she's only 15. She's only 18, right? Oh, look at the teenagers, the teen sensation. Sabrina, the teenage witch, right? I don't know if you're awake, but that's a play on words. That's to get you in your mindset. That's to get you in the mindset. Then when you get there, they like, hey, what, 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 what are you doing? What do we got? Oh, there was a song. There was a song by Nirvana. Smells like teen spirit. I mean, they always hit you with it. It's right in front of your face. Anybody know about the story of, um, damn it, what was the, Tracy Lords? Oh, American Beauty. American Beauty was another one of those situations, right? Uh, kind of the Hollywood culture, American Beauty. What was that story about? But Tracy Lords, 
You know, I mean, it's it's right here in front of your face. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's right there in front of your face. All right. Shout out to King Hazy says, Coach, I understand why you don't want to go on mainstream stuff, but you can't be surprised when the people who don't who do go on mainstream become the face of the red pill. Um, well, no, no, they don't become the face. I mean, we are, you're trying to say pearly things. No, no, no. I mean, we're not talking about just pearly things. A lot of people have tried to go to mainstream and they didn't become a face of nothing. They went right back to their subscribership, didn't get a bump. They didn't get a check. They didn't cash a check or nothing. So we're not just talking about pearly things in that situation. But, um, but but um, we're talking about just normal people who said, oh, I'm going to do this and we're going to launch. I'm going to go mainstream. There's a lot of people chasing it right now. There's a lot of people chasing it. And they're not ready. They're not ready for this. Kevin, I won't say Kevin tried. He got offers and he did a little mainstream stuff. And I think he probably would have pivoted by this point. He was featured in the television show, a future thing. And even future, watch this. I want you to know about this. This is how crazy the mainstream is. Future walked back Kevin Samuels' appearance. Future even tried to be like, nah. Huh? Think about that shit. I want you to think hard about that. Even Future was like, well, I didn't even know who he was. They just put him in front of me. He walked that shit back. Y'all don't know how much I remember. Y'all don't know how much I remember and how much I know. I might not be able to recall names, but I remember shit. Future walked it back, was like, well, because his audience, even, dude, Future's music, but even his audience turned on him. And he was like, well, 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 he started shuffling. Think about that. When Kevin even, wow. That's how crazy it is. Future was like, that guy's a little too toxic for me. Future. <laughs> Somebody said T.I. did the same thing. That's how, that's how what, quote, unquote, toxic the red pill is. Right? They don't want no parts of that. Not even insane gangster rappers and people rapping about drugs and women and living a promiscuous lifestyle. They looked at the red pill guys and was like, no, nope. nah, too much for me. I want people to understand that. All right, anyway. MC Hamster says she went and got lipo with your money. You could got Juco with your money. CGA, let us hear that demo tape from back in the day. Trump will listen. All right, y'all going to have to pay for that. All right. Uh, <laughs> Loxley Lennox says, I just started working a corporate job, making 70K after the shutdown, after shutting down my video production company. It is very soul-crushing working with these people. I watch all of your streams uh, to make my miserable day go by. Shout out to you. Thank you, brother. Shout out to you. I got money. He got money. Errol L says, can I get a full Uncle Earl? It's my slow Tuesday. All right, we're going to end off the show with it because I got to catch up. Where are we at? Two hours. JC, that's what women fought so hard for. Yeah. Yep. Demon Deacon OG in the building. He got two drops. He says, tell him, coach, I exited corporate life ASAP at 24, took a look around, and he skedaddled. Yeah. 
And he says, never look back and no longer have to go back. They will chew you up and spit you out. After Tating KS, you the last man standing, but I do miss the Godfather and rest in peace to our brother KS. And big ups to, you know, hopefully Andrew Tate gets a fair deal here. I don't know the story. I know people are saying some stuff is BS, some stuff is legit. Hey, hopefully he gets his fair shake. That's all we want. That's all I ask for. But, um, you know, we're going to keep on trying. Rational Rationality says, had a married ex reach out to me to, uh, out to me today wanting to, quote, talk about things. She's 32. Two kids with a nice man. Ridiculous. Men protect each other. Price is wrong. So she's married right now. And she's an ex-girlfriend. But now she's married. But now she wants to talk. You know, man, these people will give you a red pill. Like, I had a girl that I had a friends with benefit. She wanted me to get into a relationship. I was living the free agent lifestyle. She knew it. And what happened was she went over there, got a man. She was like, I got a man. And then a year or two later, she reaching out, talking about she gained weight. Well, I still come over and hit it. I was like, aren't you in a relationship? She's like, yeah, but I'm just testing it out. And you're the first person I reached out to. Ninjas. <laughs> Ninjas. It's crazy, man. And she was like, no, you'll probably be embarrassed because I gained, like, she said 60 pounds. She said 60 pounds. And I just couldn't imagine it. I was like, send me a picture. She wouldn't. And I'm sitting there like, man, the more you live, it's more impossible for you to be in relationships. And she's a good woman. She's one of the good women. She wasn't a crazy. She wasn't ratchet. She wasn't a skeezer. She was um, she was a principal at a high, uh, high school. She, was a, she, was a, she had a legit little job. She was great in bed, too. She was great. So I was like, mm. I was like, yeah, I'll take it again. Oh, and then she said, she was like, would you still? And I was like, look, let me let me see you in person. We can get together. And she was like, OK, let's get together. And then she was like, but if we have relationships, I want a relationship. Like, I'm only going to be with you if you're in a relationship. I'm like, you in a relationship. Like, you literally in a relationship right now. And then you're trying to leverage sex, some good sex, by the way, with me. And you out of shape two years later and you in a relationship. What the hell is going on, bro? This is why I can't trust nobody. I did not clap. No, I just let her, you know, I was already in my great red pill journey. She was like, are you still living the free agent lifestyle? She follows me on Instagram. She knows. She seen what happened. She seen me level up. Even after I stopped messing with her, I leveled up. So I'm like, I can't trust nobody. <laughs> Unbelievable. Shout out to AB Network guy says your corporate rant was on point. I hope the coach Greg, the coach gang is listening and value this information. Take my money, CGA. You guys know what I'm talking about. Young guys, protect yourself. Like the brother uh, Demon Deacon said, um, you know, it can be, they'll chew you up and spit you out. So if you know you're not ready for that, you got to prepare yourself and have an exit plan. Because it sounds good when you're 24 and they hit you with that first check. And I know a lot of guys were like, not in tech, you'll make a hundred grand. Guys, that is so rare, super duper rare. It's the exception to the rule. Most dudes that people are working co corporate, they ain't making that money outside of tech. You out there making 45, 50, 55, 60, if you're lucky. So the majority of people don't be making a hundred grand. Now, if you in tech and you in the right lane and you can make a hundred grand, go ahead, sell your soul. <laughs> it is what it is. You're going to have to do it though, but you're going to walk that walk. Java Cafecito, Cafecito says, Coach said HR caught him working, 
watching CGA on YouTube. Haha, <laughs> that's hilarious. Hit me with the Mexican music, coach. So, yes, here we go here. Watching that. CGA. Corporate highest is at 75. Yeah, bro. Most corporations who ain't walking in making a hundred. Don't think. JC said, I sold my coat. I sold my soul, coach. Tech is stressful. Oh, by the way, every idea you create, this is the idea. This is the um argument I had about Nikola Tesla versus Thomas Edison. I don't know if you guys know. And this is why people they go in and say Edison finesse Tesla and all that. Tesla was Tesla was Edison's employee. It is synonymous with Tesla working in a corporate structure along with George Washington Carver or whoever else was uh uh working for Edison. I think it was George Washington Carver or or uh something another Edison was the boss. Edison was the boss. Okay? Like your boss in corporate. He not only was he the boss, he was the owner. Now, Tesla was a employee. He was the employee. The reason why I bring that up is because same as you, when you work at your job. Yeah, Harold, Howard Latimer. Thank you, brother. Howard Latimer, I think, worked for Edison. It was one of them. Thank you, brother. What typically happens is in the corporate structure, you're an employee, which means everything you create in that structure is owned that that's intellectual property of the corporation. I know Tesla was smarter than Edison. Edison was a boss. He, you know, he was an inventor, but he employed inventors, which means when you employ inventors, you own intellectually what they create under your clock. Lewis Latimer. Thank you. So just like you, you can come up with a great idea at your corporate job today. When you go tell your people, look at what I came up with today while I was at work. Guess who owns that? Not you. Not you. You don't own it. I don't care if you came up with AC or DC. You sat there at my desk that I provided. That's my intellectual property, period. But people don't know this shit. People are like, oh, he stole his ideas. What? I own it. Not only do I own it, your idea, I own you. I own you. So the people at Apple who come up with an idea, they didn't come up with it. They came with it up under Apple. And so Apple owns the idea. So that the people, the smartest people of Apple, when they leave, they don't get to 100 years later say, I got finessed out of my, my intellectual property. No, you didn't. That was Apple's intellectual property because they employed you. Period. That's how it works point blank. Now, it, out, out of context, we don't realize we think Thomas Edison walks around saying he invented the light bulb. No, he was the boss. He was Steve Jobs. <laughs> he was Steve Jobs. Then all of the people who under him, under him, he hired were smarter than him. That's a good, that's a smart businessman. Thus, whatever's created under my structure, I own. It's pretty simple. Same thing with you. Whatever you do, whatever idea, whatever uh, thing you come up with at your job, they own it. You don't own anything. And that should be enough for you to think about if you're a smart, intelligent person. Could you potentially do this on your own? Or do you need Apple? Do you need Edison? Do you need? You need to understand what your intellectual property is. And if you create it while you're on their clock and you've clocked in, they own it. You don't.
That's how it worked. Hmm. So anyway, think about that when you go here. This is what this is a bigger thing. And most normies, oh, he stole from this and he stole from that. No, he didn't. If I'm a smart person, I hire smart people that work under me and they're the inventors and I get to say yay or nay. I also get to say while I employ them and give them a salary or slave wages or whatever I negotiate with them, whatever they create on my clock is my property. Intellectually, I own it because I employ them. It's not a finesse. Somebody says, no, he did cheat Tesla. Okay, you feel cheated when you get fired and they go on with your ideas and they just stamp their name on it. It's the game. Uh, there's no such thing, a finesse. You, I employed you. It's not a finesse. I employed you. I own you, sucker. And what he did was, what we understand was, Nikola Tesla wanted to double down and bet on himself. And Edison said, go bet on yourself, but I ain't going to support it. And then he left with his intellectual property in Edison's hand that he gave away. He signed it and walked off. Same as Dr. Dre did the same thing. Dr. Dre did the same thing. He could have fought it in court. But Dr. Dre walked away from Ruthless Records and Death Row with that intellectual property that he created. And he walked away from it, same the way Nikola Tesla did. He walked away and said, it's not worth what Dr. Dre said. It's not worth, it's not worth my peace of mind and my damn health and life to fight them for my intellectual property. And he created a legendary catalog that he does not own. He owns none of it. And he walked away with it. So here's the thing. That's a lesson for you. That is a lesson. Dr. Dre is the modern-day Nikola Tesla. He said, F it. I don't want to fight you for it. Forget it. I'll bet on myself. Forget it. I'm going to go start my own label. That's what Nikola Tesla did. And then he hooked up with J.P. Morgan. And the rest is history. We have a whole electric grid. <laughs> I mean, the rest is history. So with that, Dr. Dre said, forget you. I'm going to go with Jimmy Iovine over here, and I'm going to make Aftermath Records, and I'm going to still make legendary hits. Right? You guys got to realize it. What's what? And now Snoop has bought Death Row Records, what potentially can put some of these masters back in the hands of people who own it. But it's more complicated than that. All right? It's not just as simple as you just finesse the guy. No, it was his employee, and he walked off, and he said, I got to bet. I'm smarter than you. Nikola Tesla did the 48 Laws of Power and basically said, I'm smarter than you, some of my bitch, and I'm going to go do my thing. Okay, and he, Edison was like, go ahead. And Edison ends up losing, but he won. You know what I mean? It was kind of like a weird thing. It was kind of like you lost your most valuable player. You lost a very intelligent man. You lost out on the idea. I think Edison, if I'm not mistaken, Edison was DC. And um, somebody correct me on this. Uh, Tesla was promoting AC, and Edison wanted to go DC route. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tesla was AC. And Edison wanted to promote DC. And they went through a whole war. It was like Death Row Records versus Ruthless Records, but it was over electricity. Tesla said AC is the way to go. Edison was like, no, DC is it. 
the rest is history. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So go do your own research on this one. Tesla was, oh, somebody said Tesla was DC. I see mostly Tesla was AC. Direct current, Edison, alternating current, Tesla. And also, if you don't know, I'm giving y'all history here. Um, there were some campaigns. Watch the movie. Watch the documentary, The Men That Built America. There were actually campaigns against the dangers of alternating current, which was Tesla and J.P. Morgan. So much so that I think the Edisons of the world and people who did not want alternating current and they invested in D.C., direct current, they were putting out campaigns that alternating current was dangerous. It's a whole thing, man. This is a whole big, big thing. And that was how they were trying to undermine Tesla, J.P. Morgan, and so forth, so more. Yeah, they killed the whole elephant. Smear campaigned them. They smear campaigned them. It's bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah, they, it's crazy. So one thing here, D.C. is safer, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too far into this, but um, we also have to realize that what we have in terms of electricity, we have to thank Tesla. We have to thank Edison. We have to unfortunately thank J.P. Morgan. Because we were going to be using kerosene lamps at this particular point. Um, um, electricity, thanks to these gen genius people, electricity is very much a new creation. It's a very much of a new creation. And it's not have been, it hasn't been even a thing for over 150 years. It hasn't even been a thing. Think Westinghouse, Westinghouse also. We be walking around with wax candles and kerosene lamps. And matter of fact, Rockefeller, if you look at the documentary, Rockefeller was smear campaigning against both of them. The Rockefellers were the Rockefeller, uh, John D. Rockefeller himself allegedly was smear campaigning both of them. Why? Because Rockefeller was invested in oil, oil is used to create kerosene. Anyone that y'all ass is walking around with a candle. What a world we live in. But of course, we're having this debate now because electric, electric cars versus gas cars. We're basically living the same story over and over again. Rockefeller was heavily invested in kerosene oil, oil, obviously, and he didn't want either one of these people to be successful in their endeavors to promote electricity. It's a whole damn thing. Anyway, <laughs> so the the powers that be is the powers that be yes the electric car versus the gas car is the same story people that want gas cars are essentially on the rockefeller side of the argument and people who want electric cars are basically on the tesla um edison side of the argument and people who are saying no no electricity which would be me i'm going stay with the kerosene lamps that's me okay <laughs> kerosene is fine and that's you kerosene is fine no no need to go from kerosene lamp let's keep the kerosene lamps no electric cars no edison no tesla these guys are wizards i'm on the side of rockefeller at this point and time will tell whether i'm a dinosaur or not time will tell i'm doing smear campaigns against electric cars allegedly somebody is all right, let me get going here. The wealth manager says, setting up that meeting with the Gordita. King Hazy says, saw a 304 post on Facebook yesterday. Only fans is for little girls. Be a real woman and hit that corner. Oh. Mm. 
Wow. Man, speaking my mind says they fired Milton and took his red stapler and pushed his ass into the basement. Anyway, go watch the men who built America. A lot of the content that I just context that I gave you is from that. It could be true or false, but go watch the men who build America. It will give you the context between Henry Ford, uh, the Rockefellers, Nelson, uh, Tesla, Edison, and um, Vanderbilt, the Commodore. I was watching a documentary about the Vanderbilt yesterday. A lot of these people are from what they would call the five or 13 families of America. Okay, Anderson Cooper, they still exist. A lot of these family members still exist, and a lot of them have branched off into more families, the Gates and the the um the Bezoses and the um always forget there's one more Gates Bezos. Oh um anyway, there's another one. They're gonna get my stream here. So uh, Andrew Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie was the other one, yes. And they also gonna talk about philanthropy, which I'm also always talking about philanthropy of how philanthropy is used to kind of control messages and narratives. This is a whole complicated situation. We can't really talk about it here. Zuckerberg is the other ones. Yes. Oh, the Waltons. There's like 13 families that are just kind of just, they're the 1%. They're the 1% of the 1%. They're the 1% of the 1%. But these people have extreme power and they do conglomerate. They do meet. I'm not being sinister here. They do meet. I will show you. Um, And they do create philanthropic causes to create their story. History is when history is written by the victors. So these are the victors of our world today, and they create the narrative. They create the story. They create the education through philanthropy, right? So it's it's what it is. <laughs> it's what it is, right? And then all of a sudden, when you see things printed out and you're living in real time and you see maybe a news story and the news story keeps saying it some way, you're like, but it didn't happen that way. There's, there's various examples of this, of recent history where the news won't just bump off of it. You're like, why won't they just tell it what it really happened? Why won't they tell it from this perspective? Why won't they provide an alternate storyline? Well, philanthropic off <laughs> philanthropic causes does allow people to control what stories told, period. But if you're a normie and you don't want to talk about this, this is too over your head and you want to call it conspiracy, it is what it is. But listen. <laughs> Let me stop here. People are going to be like, what is going on? All right, where are we at here? Speaking my mindset, Bob says, did you, wait a minute. What does transmaxing mean? Did you hear incels are now transmaxing? Is that the name of them now, transmaxing? I don't know, man. I never even heard of that. Let me check out. Uh, check out. I don't want to check out. Let me check over here. And we'll do a blue chip mindset tomorrow. Uh, let's see here. Most people don't know anything about what I just talked about. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? Go look in your textbook. Shout out to Macaroni Tony. Even the WNBA community, they sharing the same man. Free agent for life. Speaking of, okay, wow, I didn't know that. But look at some of your books. Look at some of your shit. And you will find out philanthropic communities. Um, oh, I'll give you another example. I'm going to give you another. Do you guys want another example or no? You guys want another example? I'll give you another example. And it's kind of been playing out lately as of late. Uh, let's see here. Maryland guy. If you do the research on this, somebody said yes. 
Maryland guy says, I remember back when I was 16 in 1998, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera provided great spank bank material. I was the same age as them. So I guess you wasn't a metaphile. No, you want look up the, um, the um, children's television workshop. Oh, they're going to really be mad at me. Look, look, new, 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 new they're going to be mad at me. But um, I actually was reading about that. The children's television workshop. Anybody know what that is? Go look up the children's television workshop and tell me what, 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 what programming they put out. And when you say programming, it's programming. All right. Uh, shout out to Brian says, coach, I thought I had my Tuesday Dita all lined up for me at the Momo. She winked at the six foot Chad working the desk. <laughs> Give me the buzzer. Now, somebody, people are saying that in the chat and I got a few minutes and I don't have any more. Uh, oh, I do have Gary. You're promoting your YouTube. Shout out to you, Dark Void 7. Thanks, Coach. Dark Void 7. Go check him out. Tate says, be careful dating guys. Remember, 15 will get to 20. Yeah, don't yeah, don't mess around. Be very. Uh, but the, the, here we go. You guys are saying it right now. Sesame Street, the electric company, and so forth and so on. Okay. So. Uh, people now, after time, you know, you will think, oh, these this 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 children's television workshop, they're promoting um they're they're just puppets, right? It's just a puppet show. <laughs> it's just a puppet show. Let me see if I can pull some proof out. Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Um what what they did was they created um programming for kids that probably were going to have absentee parents broken homes drug addict parents and whatnot and in the 70s sesame street sesame street was created directly towards black people black children specifically mostly in new york and underprivileged territories it was created specifically to target them it wasn't for white kids it wasn't for kids that are JEWs. It wasn't them that had stable households and families. It was directly targeted to black people. So much so they created the neighborhood to look like a neighborhood of black people, black, black people's neighborhood in New York. Okay. And what they did was they, de they decided that these people needed help. And if you go deeper than that, you'll find out a lot of philanthropic companies put money behind this and pushed it. And then essentially was they, they, they basically got you wrapped in and they were going to educate your kids through television in your absence. While the women strong and independent went to work and put them in, you know, local daycares and, you know, granny's houses. And granny set them in front of the Sesame Street. Right. And then what eventually would happen is over time, you couldn't control or even was paying attention what they were teaching them. Right. So then all of these sudden Burton, Ernie are reading Rainbow. And then, you know, years down the line, you think these are just lovable puppets. As I tell you, they wait 25 years to make sure that they, they punch you in the nose. So it's not that they punch you in the nose initially. They just say, oh, this is harmless. What's the problem? Look at Elmo. Tickle him. Right. And then all of a sudden they go down the line and then they didn't open up head doors. But you're like, whoa. And then if you are against it, it's your problem. You're the one. But let me tell you something. Here it is. Black, black kids are being ignored at Sesame Place. But Sesame Street was originally created for black children. Uh, there are several articles here that will tell this. The unmistakable black, black roots of Sesame Street. 
Making a debut in 1969, the beloved children's television show was shaped by the African-American community in Harlem and beyond. So this was targeted specifically for minority children. And if you think about it, some of their original characters were who you would see in minority communities. There were probably very few white people on there. They were mostly Hispanic people and uh, Puerto Ricans are part of Hispanic and culture, uh, Asians and blacks. Primarily, much of their musical guests, their early musical guests were black, black stars, Aretha Franklin and the likes of that, Lena Horne and all of these people, Bill Cosby. These people were the earliest guests on it. Why? Because this is who you're going to associate with, right? Linda, Rosalinda. So this is what we're talking about here. And this has all been um, programmed for you to consume. And then, of course, when they have you, Uh, Duke Ellington, they said right here, was a couple of the guests. Most of the time when the puppets would do their music and they'd be like, they'd be doing this dance like this, okay? And then much of the music was related around um, rockabilly and pop and hip-hop and all of that stuff. That's what the music was. And the monster would be over there like this in the background. Most of them people were ninjas, pure out ninjas. Like Grover was a ninja. He could never get it right. He couldn't fly or nothing. Anyway, (laughs) most of this has been through philanthropic efforts of rich people. And they'd say, where should we put this money? How can we help? Sometimes the help is specific. Sometimes the help might have purposes that you don't understand yet, that you don't see. And it could be divisive or it could be counter to what you want or but most of the time, you don't have control. Kermit and Miss Piggy is a ninja. You know Kermit's a ninja, right? You know he like a big, you know he like he like, he like Miss Piggy. You wonder why y'all like Miss Piggy girls. You know what I mean? You wonder why you like Pogs, because Kermit, Kermit was trying to rub up on Miss Piggy leg, and he was trying to act like he he didn't know her. Nah, baby, I don't know you in public, but then in private, and Miss Piggy be like, you know, you love me. You know you love me. And he, Kermit was like, nah, baby, I don't love you. And you that's not what you said last night. That's why y'all brothers be liking them pogs. All right. <laughs> the voice of Elmo is a black male, and um, and he's also reading Rainbow. So <laughs> yeah. Kermit wanted that bacon. Kermit was chat. And then when they out in public, Miss Piggy be like, give me a kiss. And she was like, nah, baby, I don't know you. See, that's how y'all learn to mess with pogs. You know what I mean? Y'all, I don't know you in public. So anyway, Snuffleupagus, he was high. Yeah, Snuffleupagus was a ninja. You know, they didn't show his feet, but he had Timberland boots on. He was an imaginary brother. What's up, Big Bird? He come in with them eyelashes. It might have been a woman with them Snuffleupagus eyelashes. He came in. She came in with Timberland boots. Anyway. (laughs) Don't think I'm messing it up, man. Hey, anyway, we're having fun here. Don't take much of this literally, you know. Yeah, man. When you realize some of that stuff, man, these people, man, what they kind of did to you. But look, go do your own thing here. It says right here, the Children's Television Workshop, which was renamed the Sesame Workshop in 2000, was not simply a production company of writers, directors, and producers, a board of experts from the diverse field of education. Listen to this. This is very, very important. Check this out. I'm going to read this to you as we go. Listen to this, because I was just telling you about this. 
It says right here, the Children's Television Workshop, which was renamed the Sesame Workshop in 2000, was not simply a production company of writers, directors, and producers. A board of experts from the diverse fields of education, child development, psychology, medicine, the social scientists, the arts, and advertisement advised Cooney, I don't know what that is, and her team on its works, which placed a premium on the inclusion of, a, of the black perspectives. It wasn't just puppetry. That shit was programming, bro. That they they spent hours and hours getting you kids. Come get your kids. Come do a testing. Come do that. They spent hours figuring your ass out. It wasn't no puppet show. Just kind of, it look, man. It's deeper than this. I ain't going into it, man. New, 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 new world order. It ain't no puppet show. They figured y'all out and they figure out what you like and what they wanted you to like and how they wanted to educate you. This goes deeper, man. This goes deeper than this. So I'm not trying to say it was bad, bad. You know me. I'm trying to keep it PC as much as I can. The count was a pimp. Absolutely. You know, the count was a ninja. Count definitely was a ninja. All right. So, um, but yeah. And a lot of us got our lessons from this and. You know what I mean? And we learn how to do things from this. So anyway, let's stop with the bull. Let's stop with the bull. Do your own research on this. And it takes years for me to get to this point of view. But um, not everything is just innocent, right? There's some things that people know. They study you. They kind of get you and feed you and help you. And hey, I'm here to help. Shout out to the coach gang. <laughs> Let me say, make sure I got all the super chats. Oh, no, I didn't. Soldier, God, Soldier for God says two Eat, to eat a bug, Buford, I have to suck one. <laughs> Broke 304s. Okay. A little confused on that one right there, but uh, let's see here. Let me make sure I clear the deck. But shout out to y'all, brothers. Do me a favor. Like the stream on the way out. Re-educate yourself. Learn. Dig. Find. Most people, normies, are comfortable with the answers they're given. You, on the other hand, want to find out what the real perspective is shout out to alan says cga count von count was the pimp <laughs> he said y'all better have my money how much count 10 9 8 7 <laughs> he had them stacy adams on you know he had the boy he had the pimp and stacy that adams on all right shout out to the coach gang brothers hit the hit the like button on the way out we out uncle earl here here comes the bankroll here comes it would make it all happen right there that's what's going to make it happen. That's what make it happen. If a man want to know how to meet a nice woman, how he meet her? With this. <laughs> First damn word come out your mouth, I got money. <laughs> but those not respectable women. I don't want no respect. I want some ass. <laughs> damn the respect. I want you to break down like a 12 gauge double bear shotgun and show me what you're working with. But don't you want commitment? What? Go who? You go don't want to be committed. She, I'm committed to getting her to that bedroom and giving her what she needs.